Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com slash radio, and you can get access to over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. figure out like a surefire way to like find out if you fucking have adult ADD like the quickest like absolute jump fire way to do it fucking go out and buy yourself a Lego Dimensions starter pack and then hate yourself for it <laughs> um I was a sale that I just I couldn't um couldn't walk away from we just recently came back from uh Target and one of the games in said sale was a it was a bogo, uh, but it was a buy two get one free. Um, so I went and uh, we grabbed Bomberman for the Switch. Yes. Uh, yeah, and then like I ended up because like dude, Horizon's just so good. So I had to, I just had to get another like ugh. But then like I'm like okay, I'm gonna grab Lego Dimensions as well uh, because I don't know. Well, this will probably also be, like, an interesting point. Like, I don't know how you guys, like, have 99-cent stores, like, like in your neck of the woods. Uh-huh. But they're, they're, our 99 cents Ours is called Dollar Tree. No, we have a Dollar Tree. Oh, uh, okay. Like, gotcha. there's an actual... There's a franchise a market that's just known as the 99-cents-only store. Um, what's funny is they've actually been including some more premier uh, items in their inventory, and they have to put signage now that says, we are starting to sell things that are not just 99 cents. We are sorry, but hey, they're really good and still cheap, which is true. But, but, then, it's you're like, st- well, but then your it, whole store is a lie then. Yeah, sure. exactly. And it's been fucking everybody up because well, like nobody ever looked at the price. They're just like, this is 99 cents. This, um, is, but, this is all old news at this point. Uh, we have a chain up here called Dollarama. And uh, it has been recently rebranded as Dollarama Plus, and they have stuff for as sure, much as four sure. bucks. So it doesn't really feel very Dollarama anymore. Yes, not at all. Christ. Uh, but one of the things that they added to their uh, inventory is uh, Lego Dimension playsets, and they were ninety nine cents. Oh, so dang. I bought a shitload. Yeah, no, me, not bad. Uh, friends and listeners of the show, like Naked Bob, we all do. We went buck wild, and like, there's still some that I'm trying to find. But, like, I just bought them thinking, like, all right, now eventually, you know, when I get the game, I'll get the game. Yeah. But yeah. this, these fucking monstrosities, because uh, I'm just like, I should try to build one before, like, I boot up the game. And I didn't even realize, because I, I, I had, like, an entire media blackout on the game. Other, like, I, the way I looked at them, like, okay, there's not much else to know other than the fact that it plays, like, all the other Lego games. Guess how they all play? The exact mm-hmm. same. This is just. Y'all played Lego Star anything. Wars? It's just like that. Yeah, dude, yeah. the novelty is, like, you can get your Gandalf, like, up in your Hill Valley and Springfield <laughs> up in your Gotham City, and then you can jerk it to some sweet Tumblr fanfic, and, Don't and do there that. you go. That's... Don't actually do that, though. <laughs> Warner uh, Brothers Interactive does not condone know, or, yeah, yeah, Warner Brothers Interactive has nothing to do with that. I nor, mean, figuratively, Traveler's though, Tales like, you don't... Else, TT Games. You don't, like... You don't, you don't literally have to, whack it. Yeah. You don't have to charge your 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 J O the J O crystal yeah. to to the to the literal, just to the figurative. 
It makes me um, sad I know what that is now. I didn't know what a J.O. Crystal was until I started talking to you. Now I do, and it's like, <laughs> am, I, am I better for it? I don't know if, if, if life is better that I know that this is a thing But you're... Now. Dude, I, I would like to assume that you're wiser for it. Like, there, there is a... Yeah, I guess. A I, sense I, of expansion. I've, I've earned knowledge, whether I would like to have said knowledge or not. I've, I've still acquired it. Yeah. Catch knowledge. Yeah, man. Speaking of knowledge, I have two questions. Why does everyone call it Tarjay? Because everyone does that. I think and it's to make it sound more sophisticated. It's like it's actually owned by a French company, so I think oh, it's just satire. That makes sense then. Well, because I, I mean, mean, I mean, I mean, real talk for a second. Uh, if you're gonna go to a Walmart or a Target, you go to Target because you just want to avoid the people that go to Walmart. Hmm. That, that's kind of well, what, what you have to do. I mean, you have to pay the extra the, money. By the same logic, we could call it Walmart. You could. I mean, you could. Everybody that I know calls Walmart like fucking a hole or like Wally World. <laughs> Everyone and, here and, calls oh, yeah, yeah. Walmart. Ah, uh, damn it. Because <laughs> I have to go to Walmart. Yeah. We have essentially uh, we have like a secondhand store chain up here called Value Village. We call it Value Village. Ooh. I call AMPM AMPAM. Sure, sure. So I, I heard that one. Yeah, that's not bad. Easy. Um. So, so we got that established. The second question I had was, um, did you buy Lego Dimensions yet, or you've bought just the characters? No, no. So I was getting to that. Uh, oh, okay. The, the I, 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 sale, okay. Yeah. I, so I bought the starter pack. Sure. And, and did you get the one on... with Supergirl? No. Uh, I didn't even know there was a starter pack with Supergirl. If you buy the PS4, it exclusively has Supergirl. Uh, well, I, see, I, I, see. I, knew, I knew if you knew that information, that would be the thing you'd probably go for. No, see, oh, well. I, it's funny, like, I, I, my, the complete determination for it was, okay, I know I have two controllers for the Xbox 360, so I can play with Val, and mm-hmm. I literally only have room on my Xbox 360. I don't have room on my Xbox One, PlayStation 4, Wii U, or any other goddamn fucking worthless piece of fucking plastic and circuitry that I use to justify this fucking hobby that is video games, because fuck every, like, dude... We'll get to the switch, but it the mo I don't know if it's too unconventional. I have the most unconventional praises for it, just because like I'm livid with like the things that we ch- fucking uh, weirdly accept in-, in video games today, in in terms of like m- modern conventions that are just fucking mind boggling. But yeah, no, I went for the Xbox 360 version. Plus, it was on sale, uh, I believe. Um, but there, there are other factors, but, um, no, just the amount of building and just like the intricacies because like Lego, and I think we talked about this before Lego, nobody played with Legos when I was younger because they were legitimately interested in like the creative and imaginative aspects of them. No, they were like dog shit cheap. They were like, they were the product of like, just like a fucking idea that like got lucky with some fucking license deals and then became the monster giant in in toys and entertainment that it has today to the point where like there there are movies now which is still also weird but like i you know i i just had no idea there was just so many nuanced instructions to building the fucking portal like i get it the whole point of lego is to also build it but like dude i i almost i almost fucking monopoly flipped the thing over and i was just like no done this is stupid 
I I, I, I kind of wanted some of it to work out of the box. And then, like, I also tried to be, you know, try to take some initiative and, and think ahead and, like, no, I'll try to build some of this before. And then you can't. Nope. It's like, oh, you want the instructions you to build to this? Play, this, to the, play this is the their game. world. Mm-hmm, this is their world. Yeah. Fuck that. It already, dude, it turned me off so much. I'm like, no, like, you're already. I do not handhold me through these tutorials. Like Nintendo even fucking like picked up the hint after a while through this fucking oh dude. So like I'll boot it up and I'll definitely have more to say on it like on the next show. But oh, it was it was such a trial. Like uh, ladies and gentlemen, I in no way shape or form would like to consider myself uh, somebody who has above average intelligence. I would like to say that I'm there and like where where I can uh, bestow some wisdom. I like you know I can humbly acknowledge that there are times where like I I can I can keep up with wits and in any sort of uh, intellectual challenges you may fucking toss at me. Give me a pile of Legos and like an incredibly short sighted, long winded and fucking maddeningly drawn out instruction booklet and an hour to get it all done and no like give me liberty or give me death at that point like (laughs) fuck christ it was it was just the worst and like and and like i bought like fucking 11 packs there are 11 (laughs) packs like there because they were 99 cents i'm still trying to get the sonic one though and i can't find it and i think that one hasn't made it to the 99 cent store yeah but i did i would say that one i I get that one the midway one if i choose oh the midway one is the best one yep that'd be cool definitely oh yeah yeah, and I don't even know how well supported. Like the whole Toys to Life thing, kind of like really took a huge hit because mm-hmm. uh, Activision's taking a year off with Skylanders, yep. which, admittedly, I I mean I know my Imaginators review is pretty late, but like it's somewhat better than Superchargers, and it needed more for it needed to do more than mm-hmm. that. And and we all know uh, what happened with oh. Infinity, which is kind of funny. You mentioned the ninety nine cent Lego Dimensions packs because I did a similar thing. With Disney Infinity 3.0, there's places around us that are selling the characters for like 250, and the game was like ten dollars. So I've been kind of scooping up all the Star Wars ones while I can. Uh, I had some 2.0 stuff, but those are a little bit harder to find new. But I'm still trying to get them as I go along, just to get as many of the Marvel things as I can. But I really don't have much of a desire to play the game. I just kind of want the character. It's a terrible game. It. Well, here I, I heard. I heard uh... 3.0 wasn't bad. Round out no. the trifecta here. I picked up all the Animal Crossing amiibos for next. Well, week. hell, well, hell, dude. Yeah, we're all, it, we're, all we're all getting to that Toys of Life, man. We're, we're all about it. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I'll, I'll have yeah, questions about the amiibos specifically to a newer release uh, when we get to it. So I'll have to ask you some questions about mm. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like, just in short, yes, just like fucking, un- unless you like, this really is a family game. In the sense that, like, you will have zero to no patience in putting uh, just this fucking monstrosity. Put it, dude. Shove it off on your kids. Yeah, let them like, let them, let deal, them with deal with it. Mm-hmm. Fuck it. Yeah, exactly. And then afterwards, go come back in and then reap the benefits because, like, it was oh, dude, it was not a fun experience. I might actually catch some video for the for the press pause radio YouTube of me trying to put this shit together. But like, Ooh, we should call the video series is, "Some Assembly Required." Oh, dude. There we go. <laughs> Just watching George freak out trying to set up these games. I'd actually, I'd watch that. Oh, man. Like, there are so many bits. There are so many transitions. Like, 
There were things that weren't even within the construct or conceit of fucking Lego bricks anymore. It was just hunks of plastic. I'm like, it, 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 it was like the fucking, like the Schrodinger's fallacy to Paper Mario. Like, what is paper and what isn't? What what exists and what isn't? Cloth, is that Lego? What's Lego? There's wheels on this thing. Why are there wheels on this thing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to get fucking Lego drink, like, get Lego drunk with my Lego friends and then lego drink and drive and crash my lego car into my lego house like i now i'm getting lego what is divorced. lego <laughs> <laughs> right uh, dude anyway my yeah. only lament is that i wasn't able to pick up a legolas from uh, lego dimensions because lego the yeah there's so many of them here there you know, th- that's like so I could do a, the at lego the 99 my, cent store and Gollum. do my lego my ego legless lego less is lego last kind of thing oh what wow what <laughs> tongue-tied you, you haven't seen that i have not it's just like a, a progressively more ridiculous thing it's like lego uh, lego legoless lego legless lego legoless and then he's got an ego lego my lego legless legoless. Oh my God. and then there's like a check beside him it's like lego my lego legless legoless is lego lass <laughs> lando lake should be in there too lando lake's well, legless legoless is lego lass my head in this hurts. episode, Pause <laughs> Radio, episode 102, uh, we're going to dive down deep and actually talk about uh, just the concept and uh, design and, well, maybe future of open world games. Because at this point, I mean, we like to talk about where we're at now and uh, what we hope to expect from uh, the design and, and formula of, of certain uh, gameplay styles. Uh, from from other previous episodes, this one though uh, has definitely kind of it, it, it's gotten way I, I would say way more popular and, and it's definitely way more prevalent in games today than it was you know back when it was just something that you may have seen in like either Grand Theft Auto or Assassin's Creed and more and more it it's not being claimed by uh, these fucking dynasty franchises we're we're seeing. Like essentially, uh, more creativity and more imagination with them, including uh, the one thing that we've been clamoring for for years, and we finally get to talk about it—a uh, open-world Legend of Zelda. Which mm-hmm. we still we got to get James to come on here on the show at some point, just so I can tell him to suck it. I would be interested to see on. if he's even interested <laughs> in playing the new one. To be honest with you, I haven't quite had that conversation yet, um, but I'd be interested because I feel like. That if that doesn't win over the naysayers, I don't think much else can. I if anything, and we'll get to it. I yeah. think we'll we'll, we'll it, have words like, about that. Sure, sure. Yeah, but let's go ahead and get the show started. a bit of a doozy i mean we we probably have some we have some answers in order uh well before we get to that we'll get introductions out of the way sure yours truly georgie boy uh to my to my left i have 
Big Daddy Bioshock, uh, Andrew Toast Hanshu himself. Yo. How are you? I'm this good. I'm just going to call you now as Big Daddy. Hey, I'm I'm kind of okay with that. I, I just need to come up with some kind of a cool Bioshock-themed uh, picture for the website now. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, ooh, yeah, yeah. Because we, we had me and, and Lee from Walking Dead. So now we'll have to kind of depict myself in like a Big Daddy costume with a little sister. I'm okay with that. I'm on board. Yeah. Cool. Will you, will you kindly... I, I will go. see always. That's that's still fresh, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, only, yeah. Uh, arrow, only nightmare, arrow, arrow in the knee, right? That's a thing. Took an arrow to mm. the knee. Okay, spoilers though. Great, cool. staying hip. As long as always, we're, always dude, relevant. We're ahead of the curve on this internet <laughs> culture thing. I think we can still manage the podcast for at least another couple of years. Mm, we just got to stay fucking staying that swing. Always ahead of the curve. Mm. And to my right. A man far better than I could ever hope to be. Oh, you're, uh, you're too kind. Don't say that. You'll inflate my head. No, I'll hit the I'll hit the pop screen. I gotta say, man, he's been looking good on camera lately. I don't know what it is, man. He yeah, just he, oof. dude, it's those it's those K's, man. He's been treating mm. he's been treating himself a fine, healthy dose of some K action, um, which man, I've kind of like fell off a bit. I don't know. He's I getting those brisk usually... winter walks in, man. Well, when I can, my mm-hmm. path has been snowed in and the river's overflowed a few times. True, true. Yeah. Tomorrow has become he's his fight, own he's walking fighting simulator. against nature. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Dude, at this point, like all you really need is to record some like pretty insightful yet uh, very intense monologues, leave them around your uh area and then just invite everybody to the fucking first world ARG walking simulator. Tell Tell a fucking brand new story that they can't get on Steam or anywhere else that they have to leave their house for. Huh. You can be you could be the walking you could be the Pokemon Go of walking simulators. You just got to get like a fucking app, uh, and then like make people. Holy shit! We should stop that, talking. That'd be a good idea. Yeah. Wait, I'm pretty sure. Like, what was Niantic's Trade, first trademark? Ingress. Uh, yeah. The, okay. the, the geocaching stuff. We'll rip that off, but then mm-hmm. just add story and actual gameplay. <laughs> and then I think we'll be fine. And when we mean actual gameplay, I mean probably just anyway. Shh, shh. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, dude. But you've been you've been treating yourself to a fine, healthy helping of some Ks. You've been walking like three or five Ks. Is I have to ask, actually, is that because of Pokemon Go? No, no, it's because of di- <laughs> <laughs> that's the only reason why it's, I would. <laughs> it's because of diabetes. Ah, oh no! Stay ahead yeah. of it, though, man. Stay ahead of it. It's good. No, I've been. It's been fairly good, actually. Um, yeah. It's actually seven kilometers each way. So that's when you say when you see today seven k, that's one single direction. Sometimes it's fourteen. <laughs> Man, it's a lot. It yeah, sounds like a lot. I can I can cover that distance in about forty five minutes. Nice, nice. So it's a it's um, a very brisk walk. Yeah, I've been able to get. Two it helps. Miles. When, it helps when you're six foot five too. So. Sure, you cover more space. Yeah, yeah. You're like yeah. two steps, and you're like already halfway down the block. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, right? Yeah. I've been able to get two miles with twenty five pounds of gear on. Um, I've been able to get that done within about sixteen, seventeen minutes now. I need nice. to do that and just strap both babies to me and just start walking around town, like one on my back, oh, you, Yoda yeah, style. Get that kinetic energy. Yeah, and then mm. have the baby on the front. That'd be all right. Or did you just get? Just do that, but then like get get yourself like, or oh, or I don't know unless uh, unless I strap both babies to a bar and I'm getting the reps in while I'm walking. Oh man! Now, I've, now obviously one side is going to be more you know heavier than the other, so I will have to weigh the other side down with like 
I don't know, groceries or a hobo, uh, like, like the scarf tied up with food around the stick kind of a situation, but you know, have that on the <laughs> other side and I can just get some reps and get some curls going well, while I'm walking around. Even better. Mm. Just don't change them and let sure. that like, oh, yeah. collected okay. waste mm-hmm. hang out in their diaper. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And sure. then like it, it is actually gets heavier as you lift. And uh, you but no, about like the unsanitary implications later. You got to think of that though, right? The, you know, conservation of mass, they don't get heavier. It's just the same amount. If anything, they don't get lighter. What's well, this now? Have you, mm. I've, I've changed a few diapers in my time. They, they do get heavier. Yeah. But yeah. then the baby gets lighter. Oh, well, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, huh? <laughs> wow. You're, you're, you're giving me this whole chicken and egg kind of situation. I'm, I'm trying to deal with it right now. <laughs> What's heavier, right, the baby a... or the diaper? I don't know. PPR homework. Does a baby get heavier when it poops its diaper and you leave it there? Mm-hmm. I mean, it. it I mean, it's, it's you should kind endorse of the new, baby like, staying does in a, a diaper. tree make a sound if it falls down yeah. in the woods and no one's able to hear it? Sure, sure. We shouldn't endorse the whole I... keeping a baby in its diaper for too long if it's dirty thing, but it's yeah, science, actually... so we have to know. Mm. Dude, just let's just submit it to MythBusters. They do this kind of shit that so we don't have to. Yeah, yeah. Like. Yeah, there we go. Citation needed. Mythbusters. Like, good. We're great. But all I, right. I, I guess I did have the baby since the last time we recorded. I think. We, oh yeah. yeah we, at, we'll, we'll try to we, hash that out real yeah, quick. Yeah, we recorded the uh, game of the year episode. I believe honestly two days before we had the baby. I think we had recorded on a Thursday, like a Wednesday or Thursday, and we had the baby on a Saturday. So oh, it was man. it was a few days before we had the baby. Yeah. So how's so, how's Reese handling it? Very well. Absolutely, like she loves her little sister, um, so she's handling it very well. I think it's the parents that are you having can, a time. <laughs> you can incorporate that right into your big daddy thing. Ooh, okay, I like that. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, so like go, Reese man. can be the little yeah. sister, and then Macy's like the slugs that like give the <laughs> no. plasmids. Or no, okay, not that. I think, okay. dude, just make Reese Andrew Ryan, and then you know we're good. Oh, actually, no, I take that back. That's a really ominous. She's state. two and a half. Um, I really don't trust her with a golf club. <laughs> mm. Yeah, but hey, can't. How can't are them terrible that, twos that, anyway? Uh, not great. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, less great than good. So, so just kind of like a, you know, behind the scenes kind of conversation, real quick. Um, the the fine gentleman that I'm speaking with right now, I've tried to record this episode a few times already, and this is the first time. Hopefully, we actually had a chance to record it because of said two year old. So oh. they are a handful. Um. But thank goodness I have people that are at least patient enough to kind of, you know, wait along until the babies are all situated. So, yeah, they, oh, good, yeah, two year olds don't like podcasting. I'll, I'll just, I'll say that. No, <laughs> not at all. They, cause you're, dude, you're having this weird, invisible conversation that they're not a part of. Mm-hmm. Just imagine when she gets older and then she has to tell kids at school, yeah, my dad just talks to himself in front of a fucking microphone for God knows how long. It's very I don't, true. I don't know. She doesn't understand How many technology. concern calls are you going to get at the next PTA? Oh, that's very true. Yeah. I guess I didn't think about that. I'll, like, maybe, like, maybe I'll get like a sound booth kind of situation going so she's not able to like see all of it. That wouldn't be a bad yeah. thing. Yeah. Well, there we go. Well, Frost, Frosted um, glass on all that, yeah. Frosted glass. I'm sorry. Uh, it took me a while to process that the, the way it was intended. Anyway, um, don't be gross. <laughs> Christ, right? It's been too long, dude. Um, so yeah, this outline for this week's show, we're going to talk about, as I mentioned, open world games. Before we do that, we've got some news to talk about. Uh, definitely a heavy what's in your console 
And uh, not only that, we've actually got questions. We're going we're gonna to try our hand at select feedback. It's been way too long. We've got plenty of questions that we can uh, definitely dive into. So I'm going to go ahead and get the show started. Let's, uh, well, let's talk about GD. Well, not so much GDC. Well, here's the thing. Uh, this is the first year I, I missed it, uh, and like, eh, kind of bummed, but at the same time, there wasn't a whole lot going on, and to be honest, like, I feel like most people were just so stressed out about meeting the NDA and embargoes for the Switch, which just, like, happened to drop that same week. Like, in previous GDCs, it was fucking Bioshock Infinite, or it was Ground Zeroes, or... Christ, I don't even know if it was Phantom Pain in one of them, but, like, there's usually a big game release. It hasn't been... It's been some time since, like, a fucking, like, new hardware has dropped. Mm-hmm. And, well, yeah, that definitely uh, definitely affected, uh, I would say, a lot of the attention. If anything, uh, I think Nintendo probably had the largest presence at GDC over anything else, but in terms of networking uh, that I just heard from colleagues who did attend uh, this year, like... They are really, really pushing for like indies to be like they're they're trying not to half ass it either. And hopefully, if they can do something about the eShop, because the eShop, man, it feels really bare bones and it's kind of bumming me out. Mm-hmm. But again, talk for later. Um, not a whole lot really came out of GDC other than uh, something that Microsoft uh, touted. I don't believe I was able to get any information as to a uh, release date. Um, but there, I think they essentially like took the opportunity to essentially capitalize on the huge fucking failure that was PlayStation Now with the Microsoft Games Pass, which is essentially going to work the way everybody uh, had initially assumed that uh, PS Now would work, which is a uh, Netflix-esque streaming service. You're going to be able to pay uh, $9.99 a, mo- uh, $9.99 a month, and in exchange, you will get access to at least over 100 games within a uh, selectable library that allows you to stream it directly to your console. So that's a huge boon. Just the fact that, like, again, I mentioned, like, some mention to it earlier, and I cannot stress this enough. I, I, I big purchase in my future, uh, maybe at some point by the end of 2017, is some new fucking external hard drives because I am, I am just over fucking playing the bachelor or survivor with my goddamn consoles and voting off fucking various bits of data or like handing my last rose off to things that I just can't bear to part with and then sending <laughs> everything else packing it is it is maddening it is driving me up the wall like the fact that I have to micromanage and then there are times where like I am now I am now at the point where I am conceding things that I just did not want to delete but will have to and then making note that I'm going to have to delete or recover that in some other capacity when like I temper like I do not want to fucking rent timeshares out on my on my property that I own for storage of data like it is it is asinine to me especially when like nearly all of it is held on physical media why I know there's a technological explanation as to uh, why the games need to install in terms of performance and functionality but like it doesn't justify that it's shit 
it is shit from an ass. I, I'm done. I don't, don't want to do it. Don't want to do it. So, um, again, foreshadowing for uh, the topic at hand later. But, like, the uh, premise of uh, streaming the game and then buying it, uh, the digital copy at a 20% discount, uh, is also fucking neat. So, I don't know. Your guys' thoughts on Games Pass? I well, feel... first off... Oh, go ahead, yeah. You say streaming. Maybe I'm a little unclear as to what that means. Are you streaming a visual image of the game that you're playing, or are you streaming the data to load into your system? You're streaming the data to load into your system. Does that take longer than your typical uh, load time? You know, I, I you don't also, know. You also have it, to it, think it, that streaming would also affect the quality, in terms of at least of like the actual video quality, I would assume. Just like a, watching a movie... If you're streaming gameplay, I'm sure it would affect the quality of the video that you're seeing when you're playing the game. Oh, no, no. If you're streaming the data, then the data is being processed by your system. And it plays oh, just so like you're not going to... Okay. But I, I would say that bandwidth would be a big da- a big issue for a lot of people. And also, you know, just like if it's a lot less time to, to sort of, uh, you know, take it from the disk or from the hard drive or whatever, you know, that could be, mm-hmm. you know, an issue. But I do, I do think, like... The idea that you're able to rent or sample games that you might not want to pay full price for right away, mm-hmm. and then if you like them, you can at a twenty percent discount. It's just it, it's going, it'd be great it's going it, on your it, hard drive it, anyway, if it was right? the whole library. Then yes, but the games they're offering, I mean, they're probably okay games, but it's not like the current like oh. here are the newest and best games. Like it's yeah. like games that have kind of already been out for a while, or it's backwards compatible games. Like a lot of yeah, a lot the, of that hundred games is mostly backwards compatible games. They've oh, confirmed the, Halo 5, uh, Payday 2, NBA 2K16, and Soul Calibur 2. So you can get those for next to nothing, then. I mean, right? yeah, you can find them on sale pretty cheap most of the time. Yeah, um, so that's the thing. Yeah. I don't know. But, like, PlayStation Now didn't really offer too many new choices. And when it did, it was gross in the fact that, A, you're, you're, not, you're paying to get access to PlayStation Now, I believe. Well, yeah, and they, uh, they went, and they went offer new plus. games because they were all PS3 games. Right, yeah. and then not only that, you had to individually pay a rental, like an addition mm-hmm. in, in in compendium to the actual service mm-hmm. fee. And then not only that, they weren't streamed; yeah. they were hard installed onto your fucking. So you so already had to make room for it. Hold up! If the PlayStation Four is streaming data from a PlayStation Three game to play on the system, why the fuck did they not make the PS3 disc compatible? Uh-huh. That that pisses me off a little bit. They probably could. Yeah. I'm sure they could find a way of doing it, but they just don't. They neglected my, to do so for this venture that blew up in their faces. My understanding that the PlayStation 4 wasn't able to do backward compatible is because the cell processor was too complex to emulate on such an underpowered system by comparison. Because emulation takes way more computational power than the original system, right? And where the cell processor had between nine and five cores, depending on what system you had, that created obvious problems because it was such a highly customized chipset. But this just com- fucking confirms that it was just a money grab. What the fuck? It really was, mm-hmm. dude. Um, and so far, the launch date for Game Pass is later uh, this spring, which... We, I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but I, I think it's fucking officially spring now. So, it, I kind of hate like the really Im- ambiguous like. They just need to say first quarter, second quarter, <sighs> third quarter, yeah. fourth quarter. Just, just do that. That's all I'm really saying, anyways. I mean, 
Uh, you know, I think with this... One thing that's also weird about it, too, is that there are gold-exclusive games, meaning if you're gold, you'll get access to games that aren't... like So what's Uh, cool is you mm -hmm. can pay for it without having gold, Yeah. but also at the same time, what's the point? Because a lot of those games, if they did have multiplayer, need gold to operate anyway. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's it's Microsoft just kind of playing around with not kind of shoehorning what's admittedly a required paid service, but I did cut you off. What were you going to well, say? Well, I was just going to say two things. Um, I think that it could be a worthwhile investment if they did add more games to their catalog. Essentially, if they gave you that service and offered more titles for the Xbox One, I think it'd be more worthwhile because I think the titles they have at least to start aren't really going to sell the... They're not, they're not going to sell it. I mean, I... I but dude, what about Lego Batman, Andrew, and Tech okay. and Tag Tournament 2? I'm, I'm, I already have those. Oh, I think that, man. I think they've offered a lot of those games already through Games for Gold, I'm sure. But what about the Mega Man Legacy Collection? Which actually, I can play you know what? I, I actually bought Tech and Tag 2 for a dollar. <laughs> That's not bad. That's not bad. Um, but no, I, I think this would... If they ever... Because I remember when the Xbox One was first coming out. Now, this was during the time of, like, you know... Uh, was it Maddox was the guy when they first started opening up about Xbox One? Yeah. And then they let go of him. So I don't know if this is still a thing, if it's just him just talking out of his ass. But they were talking a lot about the Xbox One having cloud processing, where they're going to take power from the cloud of multiple systems to process games. If they did that with this and made it more of a streamlined service, I could see that being kind of more of a benefit. But I don't even know if they're offering that anymore. That might have been just some stuff they were throwing out there when they first uh, announced the system. So who knows if that's still something they're going to do. Um, or maybe that's something that eventually became the Scorpio. You know, if you really think about it, maybe they're like, well, there's no need for cloud processing now because, you know, they're going to be doing the Scorpio, which is kind of like the solution to that. Um, but I just don't, it's kind of like EA Access. Like, it's a cool idea and there's probably some benefit to it, but is it a, like, must have? I don't, I don't think it is. Cause I think EA Access is a good idea. What, you know, five bucks a month, you get early access to games, you get discounts on games and they have a vault of games you can play for free. But do you need it? No, not really. Um, but it's kind of a cool thing. So I don't know. I feel like it's the same thing with this. It's it's kind of a cool idea, but I don't think it's a necessity. Not until they have more selection. Hmm. But that's just me. Well, yeah, I mean, at this point, like, I, I, I will wait. But, like, I don't know if it'll make an impact now. If they If there's a new game out there that just make – like, that's the thing, too – you kind of got to factor in like a new game could definitely get the exposure that it can get like being a part of this. But at the same time, like how much of an impact do you think that's going to leave on their overall profit margins and how much does, how much of a blowback does that really take? Cause I, I always consider just like how much of an impact, like say Redbox would have on like newer titles at the, fairly accessible rate that it is uh, to rent them. They have the they have the ability to have people use prepaid Visa cards to then steal the games from Redbox. No, you can't you can't use a prepaid Visa card with a Redbox. Well, that's good. I'm glad they finally got that figured out cuz people would do that. Yeah. And they would just keep the uh, games. Uh so yeah, that's definitely something I I would hope they you know, would get wise to use, too quick. You have to use a a institution that fucking does have well, that's good. That's like good. A, a paper trail of sorts to get back in in touch with you. So good, good. Um, but yeah, dude. Otherwise, yeah, it's still like some of these factors like definitely come into play. And um, I I don't know, man. I I think this would be something neat and a boon to Microsoft. But like, how 
how it will play at this late in the game. Like, if this mm-hmm. was something that was offered day one. near the day one, yeah, this yeah. would have been amazing. But at this point, especially with, like, some of the library choices that they have, there's, I don't know, I don't see, I'm, like, I, may, maybe, the demand for maybe it. Maybe if they kind of wrap it into, like, what they offer for PC as well. You know, maybe kind of do like that Games Anywhere kind of initiative along with it where you can play these games on PC as well um, or, or something. Like, I think it has to have more bells and whistles to really entice people now because, like you said, they have all these different options now. They have a red box. They have, I think people still use Gamefly. I don't know if that's still a thing. Um, but they, they have all these different options now. And, and Steam being what Steam is, you know, they've obviously cornered the market on digital games if they were to somehow come up with a similar thing through Steam, I think they know how to do it right. I don't know if this is just because Xbox wants to offer something, like they want to offer more things for, you know, here's some other services we offer. Like, I don't know what what demand this is satisfying. You know what I mean? Like, was there ever demand for this? If there was, is this the solution? Or are they doing it just because, hey, we want a different revenue stream that we don't currently have, so let's try this. I just don't know the reasoning for it. Like you said, like now, if it's something they offered from the jump, cool. Like that's a cool service to offer. But now I just don't see what service it's really fulfilling. Unless this is just the start of something else they're going to incorporate with the play anywhere initiative for PC, or if it's going to be part of the Scorpio stuff. Um, so who knows? They might be laying the groundwork for something else. I don't know. We yeah. can only, we can only sit back and watch, but Apparently, we we could be seeing it sometime soon. That's all we've sure. really got. Not not much else. Um, let's go ahead and get let's get into some fucking switch talk. Yep. Let, let's yep. do that. <laughs> and, so, and, 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 and so, the first thing I want to just say is that although I do not have a switch, I'm still very interested in seeing what you two think because you both picked them up. Yeah. Yeah. Which is which oh, yeah. is cool because I don't. I have not seen this many people getting crazy about Nintendo launch system. Even when the Wii first came out, no one was like super hardcore about the Wii right at launch. It was only until you couldn't find them, kind of like how the classic was, where once you knew they were hard to find, then people started going crazy about it. This is like people have been kind of like, like, like as soon as the, you know, system was available, they're like all about it. And I haven't seen that kind of excitement for a console from Nintendo in a long time, if at all, can, at, le- uh, at, at can- least day one. Can we actually touch on that for a sec? Sure, sure. Um, in regards to the NES Classic, I think what we saw with its uh, its throttled uh, production uh-huh. was the most brilliant move on Nintendo's part to re uh, to to become revisible again after the the dismal failure of the failure of the Wii. U. So you see the Classic more as a marketing campaign than an actual I product be- they sell. I believe so because all too often you would see. Uh, people going into retailers looking for the NES Classic and then seeing the marketing for the Switch, which, from what I understood, it was producing much, much larger numbers to start uh-huh, uh-huh. than the NES Classic in in arguably less time. It's it, yeah, you, you make I, a valid point. I feel like some people, most people, would be wise to that kind of like, hey, sorry you didn't get Classic, but just so you know, there's this console coming out now, but. At least has people talking about Nintendo again, good or bad. They're still talking about it, and I think exactly. if, it's, if, it's, if it's in your mind, then you're going to probably be more willing to be like, "Oh, what's this?" Precisely, yes. Yeah, since yeah. it's in the forefront of people, Nintendo is in the forefront of people's minds. Very people true. that don't even play video games anymore are like, "Oh, wow, the NES Classic. Oh, what's this system?" Now, now that being yeah. said, do you feel like the Switch 
is then something they can immediately look at and be like, oh, I know exactly what that is. Because I think looking at the Switch without knowing exactly what it does or what it is, I feel like it would confuse people. Like, like you and, know, like like a, like a general, not a person that buys games or is into games, but, you know, just the typical, you know, mom coming in to buy something for their kids or just the person that, you know, is into technology but not into games anymore. I feel mm-hmm. like that would be kind of a daunting thing for them to look at. They're like, well, what is it? You know? Maybe, yeah. I uh, mean, this is where retailers would come into their own, and obviously that's a topic for another day because there's a lot of controversy floating around right now with some major uh, distributors, we'll say. But I think uh, it, it would be enough for any parent or or potential customer or consumer to look into it a little more on their own merits and say, okay, well, what is this Switch thing, and why is it such a big deal? Because like well, the the, uh, the television marketing has been pretty prevalent as well. Mm-hmm. That's very true. Yeah, a lot more commercials for it, which is obviously something that the Wii U didn't have. Well, the Wii U oh, was so you know, confusing the... because of the name, and mm. people thought it was a portable system. They thought it was an attachment to the they Wii. They essentially assumed that the the Wii U was the Switch in terms of performance. What it is and now? Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now they're just delivering on that now. You know. Which is. Again, and I kind of want to touch on that, and maybe not at this point, but I was actually rolling around the editorial and, and just more and more. I, I find it so hard to consider the Wii U a failed console, and that more and more, like, it's it's so funny that, like, I guess the, the, the Wii U just really, within the last year, left such a bitter taste in people's mouths that, like, I think they're just more excited for the fact that the Switch is essentially almost everything that the Wii U isn't mm. in terms of, well... There are certain things that are still very Nintendo-ass that I'm not happy with. Like, something that mm-hmm. Nintendo has been weirdly, like, you know, uh, mums the word on. And then, like, we didn't see it until the fucking uh, launch of the system with the uh, day one updates for said eShop. But, uh and I'm still really disappointed by it. But it's, it, I don't know, it's whatever, it's what can you do. But there's still some other anemones that are really awesome for it. Mm. I think... Um, if I want to say to... though, just while it's it's stuck in the forefront of my mind here, I want to say I kind of want to say that the Switch is of is probably the most un Nintendo Nintendo console to ever come out. When you think of it, um, I okay, so yes, but I, you know, I I kind of actually think that that's at the that's at the detriment of the system and I'll and I'll get to that in a little bit, but yeah, I mean, well, I'm not saying it, that it's not is to the benefit or detriment. I'm just saying that it is. Oh no, definitely. <laughs> I will I will agree with you on that. There's um I think the one thing that like it, it's definitely one of the most excitable pieces of Nintendo hardware and tech that I've owned, but it's also one of the most maddening and weirdly enough, like I I don't know, like in terms of product assurance, just seeing like some of the horror stories that have already happened within the last like 48 and and 72, well, at this point it'd be 72 hours. Um, it's just insane to me. Like we, we made sure to get like a, a screen protector or whatnot, but just like all the fucking bezel damage that it's done by the dock and like joy cons losing connectivity, uh, blue screens of death, orange screens of death. It's, it's so weird that like, I, I, I see this in like with any other hardware, there'd be so much more of a stink that I think that's thrown. not to say that there isn't a stink being thrown, but I think like the, the genuine excitement and just like thrill of 
uh, of change and and the like just the existence of change there within the switch is almost fervent enough to have a lot of people overlook like this what's admittedly a kind of a shoddy launch like not a shoddy but it's weird i mean think about it like the switch has breath of the wild which it's incredible and we'll get into that too but like the wii u does too the wii u's on it well the argument on whether or not it's easier to get is also weird at this point because I believe Nintendo intentionally cut any any sort of allocation for that a while ago to avoid uh, people like wanting to get into Zelda having no choice but to get to the Switch. That was one thing. That, like, uh, I have a lot of that might be a regional thing though. Really? Because like yeah. I don't know. I I don't think they're terribly hard to find used, but like people who are wanting to get it and trying to like adopt. I don't even know what the new price for a Wii U is at this point. Uh, um, well, if it was still in production, at least in Canada, it would be three forty nine ninety nine. What the fuck? It never yeah. went down in price. Yeah, they were no, they were really. they were two ninety nine new last I saw around here. Yeah, but they haven't sold new ones in quite some time around here. Like uh, up here, it's a fifty dollar difference. Uh, the Switch is three ninety nine ninety nine. Oh Jesus! The Switch is two ninety nine here. Yeah, I know. Uh, it's just because of the dollar. Hmm. But see, like, I, I feel like there's just certain things that, like, I kind of was, I don't want to say disappointed, but, like, I don't know. I, I think it's weird because, like, when I initially got the Wii U, I was I was stoked about it. We did the stream. We covered the details. And, like, we had we had some hopes. And for the most part, I I think really the, the Wii U, for me, did as little as, like, fall through on on some of those expectations but for the most part kind of delivered on what i what i did want out of a nintendo console and then like the switch like i i have like i had a lot of confidence going in i still do but there's something about it that like kind of leaves me shaken like i okay so me personally i've had no issues with the performance of my my per, my system like uh with me and Val picked that up. Uh, we we didn't necessarily stress test it, but we we definitely played it for quite a bit uh, on just the Joy Cons and with the Joy Cons docked. I mean, I'd have to say we were very careful. Uh, I saw a lot of people definitely uh, making note that their their Joy Cons, like the the actual sliding grip, the mechanism that locks it into place on both the system and the uh, the chassis, uh, which is the Joy Con grip, they're apparently already broke and can easily slide out at this point which is just it's weird to me like just hearing hardware deficiencies or malfunctions to the scale from something like like nintendo that seems like such a such an unlikely thing though like they would have had to been really rough with their controllers in order to do that because there's metal components in there that sort of make it a pretty secure thing is it though Um, man like i'm pretty sure they're plastic like it's, it's hard plastic well on the joy cons themselves sure but like the brackets themselves are metal well, yeah, but uh, well, even Giant Bomb broke theirs. What so, the f- like, what? What? How? <laughs> I just yeah, it's such the, a solid the grip thing. comes like, out. I don't know, man. I don't know. That that seems seems as if they weren't as careful as they should have been. I don't know. They they were. It, it almost seems like they were needlessly rough, right? I I don't know. I I would have to say that there hasn't been like such anxiety surrounding like the operation and use of a of a handhold uh, like a handheld like this or not even a hand well it is a handheld but a system like this since i got the vita like when i got the vita oh dude like i 
I straight kitten mittened the shit out of that thing <laughs> until like I finally felt like, oh yeah, now, now I just toss it in like, I don't toss it around, but I, I feel way better about putting it in a bag and using it. But like, no, we, we took our switch out once we, we, we decided we got to have our caring moment. Um, but oh my God. we took it out to really get uh, <laughs> assistance with like getting the screen applied or whatnot. And I will say, like, I don't know, Val and I were debating on uh, what the uh, battery life was in terms of operation. I want to say it was roughly, actually, it pushed three hours. So I don't I don't know if that's going to get any worse immediately. But, yeah, I can, I'm really surprised that, like, one of the uh, accessories out available right now, at least from a third party, isn't some sort of, like, battery case. I think... There isn't just because, like, of the whole appeal about being able to dock it. Um, that would completely be ruined. But I don't know. I'm surprised there aren't third-party docks at this moment. But that that can only... I don't know. I, I think that, that one only... We'll be able to get more information on that as, as time goes on. Because I, I think Nintendo has actually got, like, a stronghold on that and may have, like, their own regulations on what can and cannot be an accessory for the Switch. Hmm. Um, Despite USB-C yeah. being the standard... Um, I, I actually used the Switch today on battery power, playing Breath of the Wild, um, with moderate screen brightness, obviously. I, I'm not really a, a fan of, you know, cranking stuff up to the max because it kind of scorches my eyes a bit after extended periods of time, granted. But, um, I mean, I pushed three hours and I still had 30% battery. Wow. Do you know, yeah. we weren't that... I think if anything, we did not tweak the brightness of the screen. I think we just left it at factory settings. Right. Um, I think again with this with the switch. Uh, I I think that like uh, it, it just kind of suffered like the whole stigma of uh, mass production for hardware on the scale of like something we'd see out of Sony or Microsoft. Mm-hmm. As like uh, we lucked out. Like I have not had single issues with the uh, the Joy Cons. The Joy Cons, they're surprisingly uh articulate but they're like they're weirdly sophisticated for how small they are like it like it's it's one of those things where like you see the sticker price and you have that shock and it's not yeah. until you really yeah it's not I until mean, you really up here there are 100 bucks before tax for a pair Christ yeah, 65 65 for a single one pro controller is 89 which I still don't get the there there should be n- none of them should be sold like in singles especially with just the the, the difference of fifteen dollars get fucked like yeah you know like that shouldn't even be an option I ah oh, dude I I do not uh, there are certain pa- like yeah I'm I'm not condoning or defending Nintendo's uh like highway robbery of and and their accessory prices but like I will say like I can justify the joy cons the pro controller absolutely not like it's very it's a functional controller it is my favorite control option um and one that like i definitely chose to opt for uh even though i have not even bothered to get the wii u pro controller right uh, i always stuck with the gamepad um that's one thing i did get though was the pro controller and i sort of skipped uh, out on this time yeah um which man, I don't even know how difficult those are. I was, I knew those were going to be difficult to get, but like that. Oh, they were readily available at launch for uh, in our area here. No, I think there's Basi- still kind of a scarcity. With I them. don't know, man. Like I gotta say, this time around, uh, this is probably the smoothest Nintendo launch I think I've ever seen. Is it though? Like I it feel really like, is. I think the Wii one was just quiet. 
the, 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 it was just a quiet one, which was dumb. Like, I don't think there's a lot of fanfare, if anything at all, just a lot of curiosity. Here, yeah, there's, like like Andrew mentioned earlier, there's excitement. Like, people who don't even know, they want to know, and they want to check it out. And I've been seeing more and more people lug them around. And, like, and you know what, though? But here's the thing. The thing that really surprises me the most is that despite the excitement and despite the relative hype, especially compared to the Wii U, uh, the line that I was in anyway was 100% satisfied. I I feel like I feel like Nintendo right now is doing something. So the Nintendo as a company tends to sometimes go overboard with their launches and sometimes they also go overboard with what they're promising. I feel like at least right now with the Switch they're not trying to over deliver on a promise or they're trying to at least be a little bit more I wouldn't say humbles the word, but they're being a little bit more smart about their decisions. They announced the Switch, they're, what, they're definitely, definitely six, more reserved. six to eight months ago, they announced the Switch, and now it's here. They didn't give it a two-year cycle for announcements and, you know, all these different things. They announced it kind of quickly and released it almost as quick. Like, they're being very smart about what they're doing. I think everything they've done right now has been smart, but I, I, I think they're, say, they're also playing I'd it kind of really, safe, too. They, they really pulled an apple, I'd say. I mean, it would make sense with them going into the mobile market now. They might be taking mm-hmm. some cues from Apple and doing things. I mean, they're they're innovating. They're coming up with new technology. They are putting a price on the brand name, not so much what's coming with it. You know, like Nintendo as a name is getting sold right now. So maybe the stuff they're offering technology-wise won't be the best. And it won't be the, the most innovative, but it's going to be something you know as, oh, that's Nintendo. Um and and that might be all it is that they're they're selling the name Nintendo. They're not selling a product. They're selling the name. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's still the Nintendo magic. Like, I I would have to say, like, they I haven't seen a launch of this barren. Well, I don't know, man. All the Nintendo launches have been <laughs> fairly barren. I mean, it is like day day, day day one is yeah. I mean, well, there's only one game you really want or need, anyways. Well, maybe two. I think that I've seen two games being sold with the system on a regular basis. One one, yeah, one, one shows the technology and one is like, this is, this is the game that you want. This is why you bought the system, essentially, you know. And, oh, and, really? So and made, I think you're making mention of 1-2-Switch? Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, 1-2-Switch is like that. Let's talk about that. That should have been a pack-in. That is, it's disgusting very true, very that true. that game is $50. Yeah. And it is not even, I'm, I don't know. I'm not, I, I, I. In terms of minigame collections, I am super fucking just over, absolutely, like, salt of the earth fucking done with minigame collections, unless they involve a party with an Italian plumber, and at, and at very most, <laughs> I'm still reserved with that. But, like... But I, is it fun? That's the big question. Dude, no, I don't... There's some of them I, just, you know... I will say, from, from, an, from an observer standpoint, because I don't have a Switch, but I've watched people play one... Watching people play it is kind of the most crazy thing I've ever seen. Like, I walked into someone playing it in a store, and I was like, what are these guys doing? They're running around. They're, like, sword fighting each other. But I was like, well, why aren't they looking at the screen? I was like, oh, you don't look at the screen. You listen for the cues, and you play that way. It's kind of interesting that they have a mini game where you're actually looking at each other when you're playing it. At least mo- most of the mini games are. And you can also I get thought, a better I, version I thought that of that was, cheaper. I mean, maybe, but I, I just thought that was a super no, interesting you thing. you can. It's called Sebastian Johan Joust. And fucking, I still like good, that. Good, that good luck, that good yeah, luck trying to buy I mean, motion controllers nowadays for a Sony system. Good luck with that. Sebastian <laughs> I mean, they're Johan all readily Joust. available in the VR, though. Uh, Sebastian is still a thing. 
I don't know, man. Everyone <laughs> seemed to buy those up once VR came out because they're selling for triple what they were when, when VR wasn't available. You can't milk a cow, though. Which is something you can no, do. No, you can't milk a cow. No. <laughs> there is Milking that. a cow is that. and eating a sandwich. That is... Oh, no. What's weird is I'm seeing a lot of people pick up Bomberman, um, which is like, man, like, if there's that's almost a guarantee at this point what you'll see in a fucking launch is a Bomberman game of some sort. Um, well, I mean, and, not since, like, freaking Bomberman bit. Live. <laughs> Bomberman Live, I think, was the last one to come out. Um... No, dude, there's. I have lost track. They're also celebrating a really weird anniversary, like thirty third anniversary. Yeah, yeah. Who who celebrates that? Well, it's a witching hour. But fucking, it also demon shit. it also kind of emulates the uh, Hudson uh, Zenkoku Caravan too, because they had the same sort of seal on it, right? Hmm. And for a while, the Zenkoku Caravan all, had all Bomberman games for their uh, for their event, right? So it sort of harkens back to that. Um. And again, we can get into Breath of the Wild talk and everything for what's in your console. I kind of, mm. well, in terms of coming up, going back to the Switch, um, the Joy-Cons themselves, I, I think being used as a traditional controller, because uh, we also got to check out Snipper Clips. That was super fun, but man, was like, were, was the ergonomic use of that, like, it was so maddening. It, like, that, that was another thing where I'm just like, I, I want to say that, like, in, in terms of, like, my, my muscle memory and, and just, like, how uh, how much dexterity I can comfortably apply to something as familiar as a, as a game controller. Like, dude, my, my hands swallowed those things whole once they, like, I flipped them on their side. And, like, I, eventually I got the hang of it, but that, that should definitely not be a long-term. Like, if, if there are people out there right now that, like, kind of lament like while like it's you know kind of handy or whatnot but lament like using a wiimote on its side and you kind of always thought that was weird or awkward take that like take that feeling just ma- multiply it by like a t- hundred it is it is weird i kind of like so you, you're saying what, what you're saying is that it's giving you a game boy micro vibe right I and I hate yeah and I hate already despise just like because of the size like I'm sorry there's just there's only so much concession you can make to like making things smaller that's the same reason why I don't like the PSP go it's too small it's too crampy um but yeah it is a it is a weird gaudy thing too to see out in public and like I I also am not a fan of the kickstand and how like I can totally see that thing getting broke within a year by somebody who's not careful. I just I kind of want to move past the honeymoon phase and like try to be more comfortable with it. But so far, I'm I'm really happy with the interface. I'm happy that it's easy to navigate things around. Um, in terms of technical performance, like everything that it's supposed to do, it's doing great. I, I don't I think I've only had two instances where it it, it did uh, chug. Uh, I will say the Switch, yeah, it definitely works better when it's undocked, but in the same motion, like, if you tweak some of your, like, settings and you don't go third-party with your HDMI cable, because uh, I will say this, like, you will have to... I was pissed, man. You guys know I have a fucking stupid, elaborate setup, but, like, I have it and I want that. And I had an original spot for the Switch. Thankfully, I'm just like, you know what? I, it would be better if I put it over here. And it's worked out, especially, like, the ease of docking. And I'm glad we went that way, especially with the issues that I've seen people, like, accidentally fucking damaging their switches just from, like, frequent docking and undocking. Um, 
but I I would have to say if you're gonna get a longer HDMI cable because you mo- most likely need to unless you don't mind your fucking dock making out with your television set or like vicinity of or like cramping its personal space. Uh, definitely go for the high end. Uh, I believe like friend of the show Jonathan he like sent some links. I'll try to show note that uh, he found some like with some high pedigree ones we can try to put on the show notes i recommend doing that um because one while the one they've included definitely it's lived up to like what i expect uh as far as uh, i i would say reliability it there it's still a little bit lacking in 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 flexibility for uh use at some point um it's a little weird using amiibos on it too Especially if you switch around controller options, because with the Pro Controller, it's like weirdly where the logo is, the Switch logo. But on the Joy-Cons, it's the fucking right analog stick. So it's like right on top of the analog stick. Um, And I don't know if like one time I had to click it to get it to register. Other times it just hovered over. Um, I don't know. I'm impressed with it so far. Now, what what games come down the pipeline and, and, and how Nintendo plans to like essentially fluff out this uh, online service that they've been touting and promising with the switch remains to be seen because uh, at this point I know we have like premium access to the premium service for free until fall. But like, dude, the eShop is just a fucking husk. It's depressing. And there's no music. I think that's my favorite aspect of eShop. Just, no, none. Like, I went... When I went to go buy Ghostblade, which is available now on Nintendo eShop for the Wii U HD, and you guys should definitely grab that. Uh, I'll let Sarah explain why. Yeah, TM. Fucking get that up. But, like, man, it was such a weird juxtaposition between grabbing that uh, on the Wii U and just getting, like, that pleasant, like, ah, uh, because I've, I've always liked the eShop. Some, there are certain aspects of it and elements that are a little backwards, but otherwise, uh. And then you come to the nintendo switch like version of it which is like in terms of certain utilities and functionality is fucking clean like clean as shit but too clean like i don't know i could use a little bit more activity a little bit less negative space um it was just weird it's very desolate it's kind of it's kind of like irksome but i don't know man i'm really liking my switch i'm glad sarah is uh i didn't that was just weird i did not expect that sarah at some point he hit me up and was like hey man I'm going to be grabbing a Switch too, and I'm like, cool. I won't have to do all the fucking coverage for it. <laughs> um, but, like, yeah, I and I guess we'll also get to that uh, in a moment. But I don't know, man. I If you guys are on the – essentially this, what people are most likely looking for. If you're on the fence, don't be. Get it. Like, I know I've kind of had some weird misgivings about it. These are all nitpicky misgivings that, like, I, you know, didn't meet my – uh, already kind of inflated expectations. Like as far as what I wanted it to do, it does it. I my my only my biggest concern is probably one that's just way more. It, it's just like the cosmetic maintenance of it, and that's just me. I'm I'm a picky asshole about it. But like it it it's just weirdly like I've never touched anything else. Is like as Sarah mentioned earlier, it is very un Nintendo like. In design, like especially in contrast to the Wii U, which I hate to say it, but definitely you'll notice a stark difference when you put them next to each other. The Wii U gamepad looks like a fucking Fisher Price product <laughs> in comparison to like the sleek, the, almost um, like 
The materials are a lot more premium, and that's something that I have. I I, I made a video for the uh, Switch unboxing on my YouTube channel. I'll probably uh, post it on the Press Pause site in a few hours here. But uh, yeah, um, the materials feel very premium in my in my opinion. Um, it, it definitely doesn't feel like a toy. No, no, it definitely feels like a sophisticated piece of hardware. Yeah. Um, and honestly, I, I think with what's coming down the pipeline, like it's going to be a very big year. I mean, of course, like it's it's going to be a slow start, but like Mario uh, Mario Kart Eight, I'm kind of like interested in seeing where that goes. But if the Switch is going to own up on like its promises for indie support, like it like what we saw at a GDC, I mean, there's about like eighty titles that are supported. Jeez, eighty. Then. Eight zero around eighty, yeah, Jesus. eight zero, yeah. like, and and so far, just from what I'm seeing with promotionals, I mean, we're seeing like the Binding of Isaac. I'm seeing Has Been Heroes being touted soon. We've got Blaster Master Zero coming out next week. Um, there's uh, mm-hmm. I Am Satsuna Runner like, Three, the, Runner Three, yeah, Runner Three. There's a lot of shit like Space Dave, um, shit, man. Like I like any it, essentially, if your game runs on Unity. Nintendo hits you up, and Nintendo fucking wants you. Now, it's like, I don't know. There were there were certain aspects of it that like kind of bummed me out. Like, I, I think I I recall like uh, the people from Z-Boyd Games kind of mentioning that they had some issues like getting uh, Cosmic. I don't remember what the name of their game is, the new one that's coming out. Like, Cosmic Star Space or Cosmic. It's their new RPG that's coming out to PS4. Um, but they, like, of course, with Nintendo being as secretive and and is efficient i mean that's the kindest word i can say about their launch of the switch they haven't really left a whole lot of time or um access i would say to certain like all developers to get their hands on a dev kit or even look at it more and apparently they were having there were some who wanted to but like ran into a lot of unnecessary barriers to get their hands on and like nintendo's like really shitty response was well i mean you got the wii u you can do that and like i kind of see that not necessarily being a slap in the face but kind of dumb because again you're not really seeing them sold in stores that like breath of the wild is going to be the last fucking wii u game released officially for nintendo i i kind of have running bets on like where that is uh but i don't know man i'm i'm looking forward to the switch i have confidence in it but it's just weird um like the maintenance and like the i would say the appeal that's what i'm worried about like the long-lasting appeal of it for some reason i have a misgiving about that unlike one that i've had about the wii u and maybe i'm subconsciously feeling burned who knows because like i said i don't have hardcore like I don't, I don't, I don't consider the Wii U a failure. Just like an experiment that didn't work, but didn't like outright suck. Like, you know, there are other consoles out there that are flat out failures. Like the, and I'll own up to it, and I'll say it, and I'm sure Andrew will get his lollies. <laughs> but like the Ouya, man, yeah, Ouya's a failure. <laughs> oh. I kind of figured that but was coming. Like, yeah, yeah, but like the Wii U, I wouldn't put it in that in that same category. I, if anything, yeah, if anything, I mean, the Wii U picked up in popularity at the very end of its life because yeah, of the fact that Breath of the Wild was originally set to be a Wii U title before the Switch was even announced. There's more fandom for it. There's more appeal for it. And I think people kind of got into it. Honestly, I think Splatoon did better than a lot of people expected it to. I think Splatoon was oh, like a dude. big reason why that system got to be kind of a, at least more of a big deal than it has been the last year. And not only that, like the fact that there's already a sequel out 
in well, I, I, well, I should say it, it, sequels in the works. That mm. would be a better choice sure, of words. Sure. But like, announce. Yeah, which it, it's announced for this year though. It's announced for summer. Yeah, uh, which and is then good. It's a good summer game. Oh yeah, I I don't know. I I did, it's definitely not the Nintendo drought that we saw last year, where it was just like Star Fox, Pokemon, and Jesus, that's it. Uh, like I mean, there was weird. There was like Color Splash, which is eh, that's what the Switch needs. Um, if the Switch gets a Pokemon console game, I think it's going to like it. That's all people would need. It, it would be justified for that one game. I think for a lot of people. Well, it would also yeah. be justified for like just utility and the just the entire conceit of the switch alone i mean i the people at game freak like they have like just this they've always been so adamant about keeping it portable because of like what they want to encourage in terms of networking with pokemon and like they they still feel like they can only really do that within uh, I w- within the main like the framework of a 3ds but like the switch is perfect and like this rumored uh third version stars for sun and moon like i kind of hope there's more truth to it and it does come out like mm. now how it'll look i don't know because I- i'll tell you right now uh and like sarah and i were like cooking up we we didn't uh get the chance to really put the sun and moon coverage out there like we'd originally planned but that doesn't mean it's not coming for a lot of the I would say praises that we gave Sun and Moon on Golden Zonkers or whatnot, and there's something that I don't think I got the chance to fully really cover. Man, that game looks like shit at times. <laughs> like it really looks bad. And I would love I would absolutely love for yeah, something to like to that that engine just be f- polished. Like, like polished to the like the the high fidelity that I've seen out of like something like Breath of the Wild running on it. So we can we can only hope, but who knows? Like Nintendo's, not, I don't know. They, I don't think they're that forward thinking. I don't, but they they should be, especially with like the high the the peaked interest in Pokemon again. So anyway, that's all I've got to say about the Switch. If you're on the fence, fucking get it. Just like if anything, I would say be a little bit more careful with how you handle it. But at the same time, it's weird because like it's also cheaper than like when the Wii U launched. The Wii U launched at 350. This launched at 300. It's uh you know, I don't know. It's I think it's one of the cheaper uh options than than what we've seen out of uh, like anything. Like it's fucked. It's cheaper than like PSVR right now. Mm-hmm. And like mm-hmm. apparently that sold gangbusters or not gangbusters <laughs> but essentially more than anybody more than thought it expected, would. Like yeah. With so. arguably more limited support. <laughs> uh, limited support, I don't know, man. There's supply, a... limited all around, pretty much. I It's weird. There are a lot of games that I find, like, that I just want to play on PSVR that I, like, it has more games than I thought it would. Mm-hmm. Especially in comparison to, like, the last time you did something like this with the move. Oh, God, so. yeah. yeah. A little bit smarter this oh, time man. around. Yeah, definitely. Although we, if we get um, if yeah. we get Wonder Book VR, then then maybe there's a chance. <laughs> oh, dude! I, I judgment I, VR. I Let's Wonder go. Book for five dollars, and I don't know where I put it. It's in this house somewhere. It's it. But like, if I could, I bet it's in a bookcase, and <sighs> someone will find it years later. I'm like, what? 
oh, fuck is this? Blow off the dust just yeah. like a real book. Oh my goodness, yes. What is this? These these, these, sc- these scrolls. You want to talk about something parchment. that's like a Fisher Price toy? Uh-huh. Ooh, yeah, yeah. That was not that was not a proud purchase, regardless of how little I spent on sure, it. Sure, sure. <laughs> um, but anyway, let's get into, let's get into well. Or actually, before we do that, any any last thoughts you want to put into the switch before we kind of go into everything else with Breath of the Wild? Um, I want to say that okay, just touching back on the Wii U. Uh, I know I said it was a failure, and on some levels it was definitely it was it was the worst marketed Nintendo system. Uh, oh, it, I agree with that. It just wasn't as well understood or received, or or it didn't sell nearly as well as most other Nintendo consoles. Um, but I I also felt kind of burned uh, when I when I picked mine up. I think two years ago. That's it. I only got two years out of it, and my library is probably the most limited library of all of the games that I or the game systems that I own, all seventy nine of them. So, um, I think the the Switch has much more promise straight out of the gate. Uh, just seeing how it's being handled, how it's marketed, how people are receiving it, and uh, even the launch window software seems pretty strong and robust. Uh, there's a lot of great stuff like the Octopath Traveler uh, and and a great many other games as well towards the end of the year are, are looking pretty pretty good for the Switch, particularly in the realm of Neo Geo. So, you know. Yo, um, but my question is, can you lick them? <laughs> well, and uh, that's that's something that I actually did. Um, dude, this... it just takes... Yeah, I, well, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm just, I kept thinking about it, too. It just takes one publisher to just, like, fucking buck the trend and be like, no. Our cart's going to be scented or flavored. Ooh. But I don't know. Is it like that Nintendo seal of quality thing where like they, ha- they have to adhere to it? They have to make make it that bittering agent? Or are they going to be able to like, like, oh, I want to do this like, like it's a fucking, uh, well, like those markers that smell like cherry. Like, okay. I want to just taste like <laughs> apple. Sarah, have, you done a, have you done a taste test? If I were to blindfold you right now and I put in front of you a Vita cart, a DS cart, and a Switch cart, could you like tell? Could you identify which one is the switch cart? Yes, if you were absolutely. blindfolded. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like, I don't think they've ever done this with any of the other. What could like significantly be considered much more of a choking hazard? Yeah. Than like the switch cart. But I mean, <laughs> at first I, I wonder what brought it on. Like, Maybe like, did someone eat a DS cart and now they have to do this, or like, what brought those on? I think it was actually put in a in a presser. Like, I'm pretty sure it was in terms of like the. Uh, press sheet or whatnot. I, I I don't know if it was actually like purely from Alana Pierce of IGN, but I remember she was one of the first tweets that were just like, so Nintendo covered this. I checked it out. They were right. It's fucking awful. And I don't know what happened, but like at that point, <laughs> that shit, that shit went more viral than an irresponsible 14 year old girl on Dr. Phil. Like fucking people <laughs> were just on it. They, if I their mean... tongue was, like the, apparently, and like I still kind of refute that that happened, but yeah, I guess it happened. Uh, fucking like a friend of the girlfriend, like Val, one of Val's friends bought a Switch game just so she could lick it, and she doesn't fucking <laughs> yeah. in the system. Like, That's dedication. Yeah, like I almost want is like, is this some weird subliminal guerrilla marketing campaign <laughs> that Nintendo launched? Like where like it's got like it, it's a rule on the internet, right? One of the rules is like if you tell somebody not to do something. They're gonna do. I mean, it. obviously gonna do. It. I, I get that. I bought the Shooting Stars song MP3 for like a dollar ninety nine on Google Play because of the meme. 
Oh, dude, I still have that song stuck in my head. Oh, wait, I can't do it all. We'll, we'll, get, we'll yeah. get in trouble. Okay. Yeah. I, you can do 30 seconds. I thought the flavored cartridges were, were a rumor or like an urban legend. <laughs> and at first I was like, hmm, yeah, I don't taste it. So you taste it then seven but, days. But it was like, it was a, a delayed <laughs> reaction. It's, it, t- it took a little bit of time to sort of kind of... You know, dance along my taste buds. Yeah, you lick you lick the cart, I, I, and then in seven days, Reggie comes to your house. See, and he just—I feel like people aren't doing this the right way. You're not supposed to lick it. <laughs> I think the real true test is to put it in your mouth. And I did. Or, or no, I here's did. I the real of... test. You guys want to get ahead of this whole internet meme money? If you don't want to be the guys just licking <laughs> the switch cartridges, you need to be the person that eats the switch cartridge. Just eats just the whole eat cartridge. Who, who, who is who among you? Has actually digested one of these switch cartridges. That's the real test. <laughs> who only the gold contacts the come out the other end? Who of you will be tapped cold. to be the golden just one? Pumped oh my God. down their throat. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, that's you a, just wait. That's There's gonna be Let's some... just all light some torches and like let it happen. Like there we go. That's your survivor challenge for you. The switch. You want to af- stay on the island? The Fuck switch. Uh, the, the switch aftermarket is going to have weird premiums for unlicked cartridges. It's like yeah. new in box, never licked. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. Just like a comic book, came from a smoke free comb, like yeah. came, came <laughs> unlit cart. I didn't suck on this like a oh, lollipop. <laughs> oh god, if it's like an air freshener where you can tell it's been multiple, like lick multiple, like a like a used scratch and sniff. That's oh, gross. Dude. Oh. That is. It's so. I still like. It, it's gonna be like, Man, just like this fucking Earthbound strategy. Dude, if they came out with an Earthbound game used. for the Switch, they're gonna make that thing taste fucked up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> That's going to be fun. Uh, do you like hot dogs and gym socks? Oh. Mm. The breakfast yeah. of champions right there. This tastes like a wet dog. What is this? <laughs> like a... like a What is this? Mm. Like a like a bulldog eating mayonnaise. Oh. That's what it is. Oh. Not that again. And with Not that, that <laughs> let's, get, let's get into what's in your console. Oh, man. Hey, what's going on, dude? How you doing? Uh, well, same old, same old, really. <laughs> ah, 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 dude. Ah, what? How'd you do that? What happened? I, I tweaked something. I tweaked it. I think I tweaked Jeez. my elbow. God, oh, now that's the wrong kind ear- of tweak. <laughs> it's these earbuds I wear. Like, I think I'm going to be working out, so I want to have the right earbuds to work out and run. But I end up just tripping over them and, and hurting myself like I just did. Yeah, you're subscribing to the wrong mm. kind of tweak there, pal. I mean, mm. speaking of earbuds, tweaked audio, Jesus, tweaked audio, dude. They're tangle free, tangle free earbuds that come in seven different styles and colors, and not only that, they allow for mic'd and non-mic'd versions, so that way you can use them anytime you're, I don't know, calling for a doctor because it sounds like you're in a lot of pain right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, those, they, those cost way too much money, though. I I don't think I could afford a pair of earbuds that don't tangle because they all do. They well, always tangle up. You know, dude, they are designed to sound great, and they're really cool for just about anything you need them for is because they got noise-reducing design. So with all these sweet features, you'd be in luck because we currently have a code that you can use on tweakedaudio.com right now. It's 
PPR. You just got to type PPR. PPR and you'll be set from there. It's easy enough. Hey, Sarah, can you help me out, man? Like, I think I really hurt something. I need some yeah, help. Man. Can you prop me up, oh, please? Man. All right. Dude, what happened? Get up, man. So you you, te- you tripped over these things? Yeah, I, more like I fell over them, I think. <laughs> Honestly, man. I hurt myself pretty bad. Why don't you have any tweaked? I mean, they're compatible with iPods, iPhones, and Android devices, so you really have no excuse. I mean, I guess, but like you said, there's a discount code, but I mean, am I really going to save a lot, you think, with this? Because I, I sure. really can't afford... I, I, I honestly tear up all my earbuds, like, all the time. Well, 33% off with free shipping and a lifetime warranty? How could you afford not to, dude? <sighs> lifetime of warranty would be amazing, because I'm very, very clumsy, and also, I, I live on a limited income, because... I buy way too many earbuds, so I need to buy one. <laughs> ear, I need to buy one pair and be done. So I think this is the one I'm gonna get. Man, go to www.tweakedaudio.com and get your shit sorted out. Yeah, dude, enter in the code PPR and you can get 33% off some new earbuds. Uh, but before we do that, let's let's get you to the nearest emergency uh, care. Yeah. 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 Can we ice this? Thank you. Okay. What's in your console? All right, so, so y'all y'all been playing the Switch? That's what it sounds like. Yeah, well, I've been playing a lot more than that. I'm gonna, I don't know, try to keep things somewhat concise. But yeah, no, been been playing quite a bit. But let's let's talk about what everybody wants to hear, or maybe either that or everybody's sick of hearing. We don't know yet. Until then, fix your fucking life. That ain't our problem. <laughs> um, is Breath of the Wild, and I have been put in this weird position because I'm me and I can only assume several other people. Maybe. I don't know. I'm probably having a harder time with it. And again, this might sound a bit blasphemous, but I found myself playing horizon more and like, it's really weird. It's a good racing game. I mean, it's got, you know, the off the road tracks and you know, it's, it's, it looked really good. The new one looks really cool. All right. Someone else has done that joke already, right? (laughs) No, oh, okay. No, I'm actually, sure no one else on the yeah. internet's thought that's at O Horizon, like the racing game, right? Gotcha. Okay, noted. Yeah, it's. It, it, I still. I'm gonna be honest. Like I've. I think I've put about ten hours into Horizon Zero Dawn, huh. and I. I don't see the relevance, or I'm. I'm not showing. I'm. I'm not quite getting the. The significance of the the name, like I don't know. It's just. There, there's something if anything i think it's just a probably a nod to the time that it takes place because it it, it, it is technically like it's a self it's a weird self-acknowledge start over like, so have you gotten a delayed like, start screen kind of a thing where like you play it for like an hour and then all of a sudden like the title comes up that kind of thing no so that means you're not actually to the game yet <laughs> you'll be 40 hours in and then all of a sudden the screen will come up like horizon zero dawn and then the game actually starts then you'll know dude then you'll know. Um, no, it does have a really long-winded intro. Right. Like it is, it is insanely long-winded. But we'll get to Horizon a bit. Going back to Breath of the Wild. I don't mean to um, like segue in a weird direction here, but uh, anyone here watch Riverdale? Dude, I've been wanting to watch it. Jesus Christ, it's so funny because uh, I, I I keep up on Flash and Arrow, and I had to do that through the app. Right. And I just keep getting ads for Riverdale, it's and like super good. Is it? I have it a, is. I have weird I have weird like reservations over like Archie and Jughead getting sexualized. Just um, think of it like the darkest timeline, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. That, that, and you're good that to go, darkest right? Archie. 
timeline. Yeah. Like it. It's good. Well, wait, but is that before or after he fights against the Predator? Obviously after. Okay, because he's killed. I think everybody does. It's a weird crossover. That's like the way they finish it off before um, they did the Archie reboot. It's just like everybody got killed by the Predator. I don't even know. I think it was Betty who finally like survived and managed to kill it. But, oh, like, that makes that makes even more sense. Yeah, it, it was... does. Anyway, Anyways, the, um, the point I'm trying to make is that the latest episode went 20 minutes before the the actual Riverdale logo came up on the screen. Sure, sure. 20 minutes yeah. out of 60 or 40, whatever. 50? Whatever it is. 40, it was quite a while. 40 minutes, maybe, if there's all those commercials. Yeah. yeah. You kind of almost forget what you're watching at that point. <laughs> yeah, a little. Like, it, it, commercials. It, Jesus. Um, but yeah, no, uh, I got... I think I, I've gotten pretty, like, pretty far into it and, like, got what I can. But, again, going back to Breath of the Wild. Now, Breath of the Wild also kind of did have a bit of a bait and switch. Like, I, when you mess around with, you'll get the first in-game item. And with it, um, the game, like, has this really deceptive tutorial. It doesn't feel like a tutorial at all. You can... Take it as you will, do what you will, and not and feel entirely unfettered with it. But it is very much like make, make no mistake, it is a fucking tutorial. Um, and it the way that it has it designed to even then, like you can go back to the beginning area and and still have uh, a lot of game. Like, I want to say the starting area alone feels larger than I, I want to say, like, most of like some of the main hubs in twilight princess i don't i i mean i wouldn't quote me on that it's been a while and i yeah I, it was funny uh i kept thinking like man i really gotta go back and fucking finish twilight princess twilight princess and skyward sword are not are, are the two zelda games i haven't finished um if anything i also have to like because i kept thinking too like I, I got a little bit in the skyward sword and everybody's losing their shit over this climbing mechanic and like I kept thinking, no, the, dude, this was introduced in Skyward Sword, and people were pissing and moaning about this in the stamina bar. The stamina bar, everybody was just like, fuck, this is back. But I will say it's definitely not as restrictive as it felt in Skyward Sword. In Skyward Sword, like, there was something about it that was just more annoying than it was tactful. Uh, in Breath of the Wild, I mean, the default movement uh, speed and, and cadence is, like, definitely... Like it is, it's not even tolerable. It's enjoyable. Like there are times where, like, I I don't know. I did not have, I I didn't use stamina for, for a lot of running. Really, I I use it for more of the complex actions like climbing and swimming. But running, like I did some lighthearted sprints here and there. If anything, what's throwing me off is I can't oh, fucking I, roll. I did because I like to set stuff on fire. <laughs> oh, dude, <laughs> the Sarah's um, Link is a pyro. That's awesome. Oh, dude. When I no, discovered, it... oh my god! If you guys were only on the stream, it was hysterical. It's my... going into the game blind. I, I discovered that I can burn everything. I just kept on blowing up just... shit on, on accident. I'm like, ah, oh, damn! I blew myself up again. <laughs> like at the very beginning, those damn barrels. I'm like, oh, what's this dude? And I oh, threw, dude. and I was like, oh, oh shit! God. That's what that does. And they're and they're yeah, all around me. Yeah, it was really. <laughs> It was really weird that those barrels, um, they don't break right away when you throw them at most enemies. And, like, oh. I, I don't know. They didn't have the... There, there's some weird things. Like, it definitely has, like, its own physics to the point where, like, it feels 
very unlike a Zelda, and it has like a, a very nuanced interface to where there are times like I'm just now picking up on on some of the like the macro esque options, like kind of like shortening my time within like my inventory and kind of trying to set up some uh, quick macro shortcuts that the game offers. But like it, I don't know. It was I, I would have to say it's a little bit more finicky with the Joy Cons. Um, I. I would say the ideal way that I've found to enjoy this game, if I can play it docked, is with the Pro Controller. Um, I I was definitely surprised with just... There's a weird, unfettered amount of, of freedom. Like, just... Like, it, it's insane just how interactive the environment is and how much it actually responds to you. Um, like, the stealth system is probably the most robust I've seen. Uh, that the noise system can be a little spotty, and there are times where, like, there are enemies that have, like, a fucking eagle eye, so, like, I don't even bother moving if they're, like, even if I think they're, like, I'm without, with, with, uh, just about outside of their scope of vision, like, that, that cone of sight that you can, uh, figuratively imagine, they find a way to detect me, and it, it, it gets to be garbage, but I've had some fun with the uh, stealth, like, I've sneakily uh, killed an entire Bokoblin camp while they were sleeping, and it's kind of fucking brutal, like, it was probably, like, yeah, this is the thing, like, this probably, speaking of the darkest timeline, like, this just feels like a very ominous and weird uh, Zelda game where everything's just so unknown, and, like, yeah, Man, never... This is definitely the hardest game, too. Like, like there's some Dark Souls-ass difficulty here. When you when you open up oh, yeah. the... There, like, there, I guarantee there are already two towers that I know for a fact I was not supposed to, like, go out and seek. And I just did so out of me being stubborn. Um, I will have to say there's a lot of... I, I think the one thing... I know people are probably going to, like, shout at whatever they're using to listen to this podcast right now because I know we've been bitching about it for years, but I think I wouldn't mind a little bit more direction. Uh, there are times where I think I'm, like, things a little too much is left to the imagination, as, at least as far as, like, I would, I don't know, maybe I might be getting ahead of myself. Um, I would like to get some more direction or kind of, like, have somewhat more of an idea of uh, towards crafting uh, as well as uh, cooking. Like cooking's probably become one of the weirdest fun things that I've done, and that that's a, oh, a weird yeah. system within itself. Um, when I discovered how sure... to do that, I'm just like, hmm, what can I throw into this pot? Yeah, and you have like you have five ingredients that you can mess around with, and just Up to, like if th- you if you use like multiples of the same ones, you can change and tweak stuff. Oh, see, I didn't even know that. I didn't uh. know that it had like a stacking rule to it. So see, and like and, and like some of it is really finicky. Like you would, I think you can actually like have the makings for a perfect recipe and just like one weird ingredient out of place can turn it into fucking the blue waffle of fucking entrees that I've seen. Like the, the thing, the, like okay, it does in fact <laughs> look like dubious food. Shit looks weird. Um, but yeah, I, I've been able to play around. I found a lot of secrets. Now, if anything, there's also a weird thing too, where you can like, I, I haven't played a lot of Zelda games where like there's, that same kind of intuitive level design that like you can kind of pick up and just like detect and, and then go after. I do feel like a lot of the reward though 
maybe isn't always worth it I, unless you're like hardcore like oh i gotta open every fucking chest i see but there are so many times where like i'm burnt out especially if i have a full inventory which i've been also running into a lot of issues where like i have to micromanage an inventory constantly um but i am i am very much enjoying it i've now actually gotten to the real game like i would say eight hours in and it is dude it is hard um but thankfully I like there's just the the pacing that's put into that game, like that's where they introduce like the amiibo support, and I have been used. I don't think I've used amiibos more in a game since like fucking Smash Brothers. So that's the I, question I had ultimately because almost all my amiibos are in the packaging, so I will never be able to use them in Breath of the Wild, except for a few loose ones I have. But they're not Zelda amiibos. Can you still use amiibos that aren't from Zelda? In Breath of the Wild. No, you need Zelda Amiibos. Okay. That I know of. So, riddle me this. Can you use the Smash Brothers Zelda Amiibos? I don't so know. So, I, I actually looked it up. Confirm. All 15 Zelda Amiibos can work in Breath of the Wild. They give you different things, though. Oh, yes. Okay. Okay. So, here's the thing, though. I used my 8-bit link. Did nothing. Oh, I think I may have just tried it. Well, I think I may have used it too fresh off of the original. Because, like, the cooldown time isn't explained like i thought I could yeah and i don't like know when you use it because i i'm only an hour into the games and i have the wii u version so okay. who knows if i can even use it in the wii u version i have no idea no you can't okay. yes yeah, yeah. you can't okay. um so you when then the first in the plateau area after you've completed everything and and made that development mm-hmm. um it'll be like okay so not to i mean Again, like we'll definitely be careful to say what we do, but you'll be getting certain utilities for like the main item, like the big item in the beginning of the game, which is the Sheikah uh-huh. slate. The amiibo functionality is the last option sure. that you okay. get, and you so get it, it by default when you yes. Gotcha, gotcha. And then, uh, essentially, the most useful one, especially once you get into like the more uh, wild ass portion of Breath of the Wild, is the Wolf amiibo, though. I will say that, like, he's good for hunting. Holy shit, dude. Like, there are times where, like, there were animals nearby. Um, Like, Val was playing earlier, and I didn't get to use him as much for hunting, but, like, he was just hunting for her and, like, essentially picking off, like, certain wildlife. And, and that comes in handy, especially for certain ingredients later down the road, like shit that you can only get through, like, boars or other um, wily creatures is, like, raw meat or, or drumsticks. Um he's very good for hunting. I would, I don't know exactly how much he works though in terms of development. Cause he always comes out with three hearts. And if I, if I take on a mob, that's crazy. Like mobs that I have no business taking like that. Mm-hmm. I need to have armor for to stand a chance. He definitely bowed out of the fight, uh, a lot sooner than I mm-hmm. thought, but like, uh, another one too. Um, uh, breath of the wild. Zelda was very useful in terms of, uh, getting me a lot of cool, unique ingredients for food, like ingredients that I've literally never seen in the game before, um, that I just got, like shit that I think would probably fetch a high price market-wise. That's the one thing I think the big complaint that I have, and I don't know if they're again, kind of, if that's the way it works. Because if it is, it's kind of a bummer. But at the same time, they like really want, they really want you to, they want to put, like, the game wants to push you into really making the most out of what's around you and really being tacit uh, in, in you use it. Because, like, literally everything you can use aside from armor, uh, and I haven't, I don't, I, and I'm not even thinking that, like, that's permanent. Like, armor I can totally see being destroyed or stolen later down the line. Everything can be destroyed. 
Um, but I, I, there's a lot of hinting, and I, and I killed a, a rock beast early in the game that, like, I had some trouble, but it dropped, like, so much material for forging that I can imagine, and I haven't really reached a point where I can do that, but I'm excited to get to that portion. I think the biggest thing that I have is just the merchantile system, like, the market that the game, like, weirdly, it just offhandedly introduces through, like, traveling merchants, and, like, the fact that what they'll do is they'll offer to see what you have first and offer to buy shit, and then that's how you even get money, and then they'll let you see what they have. I have, aside from that, I have killed nothing that drops money. It's all just shit. It, it's all materials or just components or little, like, wares that, and the same kind of stuff that gets peddled from merchants that will give you rupees. I have not been able to find a single wild rupee, and I, I don't know if, again, I'm getting ahead of myself and I'm speaking too soon, but I, I've put quite a... T- uh, and again, I also got distracted doing a lot of the extracurricular stuff like yeah. there are way more shrines to get into and like i'm trying to collect as many as i can because so i believe many. i believe with all the uh you get what's called spirit orbs and val and i were also discussing it i believe she's right where if you get more and then you uh revisit a certain area within the start of the game that's how you'll level up your heart containers or your stamina, uh whatever you need to play the game in the fashion that you choose to play it in yeah um i would have to say the production value the best i've ever seen period in a zelda game like the best and i think nintendo knows it i've also i have not since uh like you know because it's everybody it's cool to like ocarina of time and like you know nintendo knows that and they uh, they acknowledge it's iconism within the classic space but i have never seen any zelda game or any zelda merchandise get pushed or like just fucking inflate to the weird capacity that breath of the wild has and where you go any like any novelty store that deals within like nerdy goods whether it be clothing or accessories or enthusiast items so there's so much fucking breath of the wild merch and like i really think that that kind of echoes the same kind of weight that they thrown behind uh breath of the wild and and that speaks not only in just design but production value like the voice acting oh i don't know sarah what do you think about the voice acting because like they're it's weird at times and then i kind of wish there was dual language tracks because like when they announced breath of the wild i was kind of really impressed with how the japanese the japanese voice acting voice was acting. delivered like when zelda sobs into link's arms that was pretty powerful stuff but it feels weak and a little forced in the English version. Yeah, see, in the trailer, it wasn't the best, but everything that I played in the game so far... Oh, well, yeah, I mean, been... there's, there's a lot of great stuff, but we'll have to see how certain characters flesh out later in the game, obviously. Right, and and so far, like, I would, I don't know, I I would not be surprised, I and, and I, don't, I don't know if I'm getting, making... Uh, too bold of a claim here, but I would not be surprised if Breath of the Wild got a direct sequel, or if there was like if it if it didn't pull like a Majora's Mask the way uh, that did to Ocarina of Time. So like a gui- they... another Gaiden. Yeah, because yeah. like, dude, I it it just keeps collecting reviews to the point where I think this is probably going to be one of the highest rated Nintendo games of all time in terms of the archives. Like, I don't know how many perfect scores it's racked up so far, but it's 
Like, I don't think I've seen so many perfect scores since like uh, Uncharted Two. Do you think this is? Uh, do you think what some people are saying is true? This could be Nintendo's best ever game. I, I, it's too early to tell that, but I do have one huge like, like kind of a weird feeling about it. Like I, I have like some apprehension towards one thing that I can't stop thinking about the more I play it is how are they going to top it? Because <laughs> I'm serious. Like they're that I don't do they have know. To? Like I'll tell you right. Well, I mean it's it's, it's one thing. I mean maybe it, not. It, it, I, I mean, I'd be cool with more. Sure, odds. sure. I mean, I mean it's always good to like strive for better. But I just, it's tough, man. Like, I, I've only played a little you know bit what? of I it, but they... the general, like, you're talking about the, like, the feedback and the praise that it's getting. I just, Nintendo's never been the company to want to be, like, necessarily the best at anything. Like, they didn't want to have the system with the best graphics or the system with the best internet or online features. I mean, maybe they want that. They, just, they, 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 just they they've never delivered different. on it. So now that they've actually delivered on what a lot of people feel is a perfect game from what most of the reviews have been saying. I just, I don't know. I don't understand. Maybe this is a switching of the mentality now where they don't have to necessarily keep on saying, Ooh, well, I see what you did there. Oh, fuck. I didn't even try to do it. God damn, sir. Man, I, I, it happens now without even trying with you people. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. I just, I, I like this mentality from Nintendo. I like the fact that they waited so long to announce the Switch. I like that, yes, they delayed Zelda, and a lot of people were pretty pissed about the delay, but now you see the finished product. Now you see the reason for the delay. I don't think we would have gotten that product a year ago if they had not delayed it. And I feel like that was a smart move on their part. It might have not have been a, pro- a popular choice to make, but it was a smart move. And I feel like that's what they're going to hopefully continue to do. This is a nice step in the right direction for them. And I feel like if they've delivered on this product, I mean, of course they want to do at least the same, if not better, but... I don't, I don't, I don't think that's going to be their mentality going forward, and I hope it's not. I hope they just keep on saying, "Let's keep on doing what we've been doing and see how people respond to it." Like the, the game that I'm waiting to see uh, deliver on the results is Odyssey. I'd like to see where that game right, goes. Which Odyssey is also supposed to be an. Open and I'd like to see game. where that goes, and I'm not going to think. I, I like the idea that, and, and I'm, I'm not saying that we don't all do it. I just like the idea that maybe, as game journalist as game enthusiast as just a overall we're all into games and we're all into the medium i like the idea of that mentality switching to where let's not get a game that's better let's just be happy and excited about the game that it is and i I think if they keep on delivering on these kind of products maybe that'll be the change in mentality that we need as a group of people you know um because at least at, at least for some reason you know this is the one game that's kind of at least unified most you know, journalists and fans, and they're like, "Hey, we're excited about a game. We're excited. We're excited about Nintendo again. Like, it's a nice feeling. We don't. We don't get this kind of feeling very often that people are just genuinely excited about something, and they're not really. There might be a few people that are going out to hate on it just to get people riled up and pissed off, but for the most part, the general consensus is we're all excited about this, and I like that feeling. I like the idea that people are going to be excited for a change and not just let's find something to pick apart so people get pissed about it. I, 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 well, I, I hope I mean, that continues. Arguably, that's happened. You know? Yeah. No, there are people, you know, going about their fucking it's definitely, like it, quote unquote fake news campaigns true, true. And, and, but, and tearing down the. But reviews. I feel like that's definitely you know in in the minority of things happening. I feel like I've been generally hearing and oh, seeing yeah, just nothing but positive. So I don't know. I mean, we'll see what happens. But no, I, I agree with you. I think that how do they top it? But you know, maybe we start saying, you know, what else can they do? You know, how do we keep this yeah, going? Yeah, exactly. Mm. 
Well, I think uh, back to Persona 3 and back during my unemployed days, I uh, I went through Persona 3 from start to finish. It took me about 100 hours. And I came out of that saying, how are they going to top this? Because Persona 4 had already been announced. Yeah. And I almost I went into Persona 4, uh, Persona 4 almost back to back. Oof. And I could not believe how much four. better Persona 4 ended up being. Yeah. So it's totally possible. Yeah. I, I guess what what are some things that you're seeing in the in the hours you've played so far that they would have to change to make it more? I mean, is it is it user friendly through and through? Or are there things that you're seeing mechanically that they might want to change? Do they get rid of the stamina? You know, or is that or or you know the game from what a lot of you have been saying is it is kind of difficult and it's kind of hard. Do they keep that difficulty in in place for the next offering, or do they take it away? I mean, it feels like I want to say that they, they probably want to maintain it. Yeah. like it's a tough balance, though. I think. I think I'm not sure if it's actually Dark Souls hard, but it is very difficult. Oh, dude, no, it's yeah. fuck you. It's hard. Mm-hmm. Like there, I and I got stubborn, but like there. Had it not, had I not had the opportunity to teleport away to another tower, um, after finally being able to accomplish one after getting mercilessly taken out uh, on several different occasions, um, I, dude, no, I would have been stuck there. I would have maybe, if anything, I would have. <laughs> this is where I live now. Like yeah. restarted my entire game. Yeah, this is where I live now. <laughs> my whole breath of all experiences um, <laughs> in this one starting level. Here we go. Yeah, uh-huh. dude. Yeah, it, it's got a fairly forgiving checkpoint system, but yeah, no, if anything, like, a lot of people are praising, they're like, dude, like, uh, I believe Bob Mackey of Retronauts was just like, I died within the first 15 minutes of playing this oh, game, yeah. and it's probably the best thing that's happened to me since Wind Waker. Yeah, it's, I'm glad that uh, it's not a handholder, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, no, but that's, again, that's why I was just like, oh, how do I say this without, like, sounding yeah. like a fucking twat? Um, well, here's what I what I want to know. Because, I would like, just like more direction, a little bit more. Oh, yeah, a little more. Like, one of the very first quests that you get is probably the most vague quest of all time. It's just like, beat the final boss. Mm. <laughs> so I'm kind of like, okay. Yep. yep. <laughs> sure, I guess no, that's what the point there's is, one, you know. There's but... one, like, okay, so there's one fetch quest that, like, I did say, it, I, I will say, it had me racking my brain for a bit because there's too many possibilities and... The, uh, you know, I, I, I don't think it's spoiling much by saying you have to cook something to move forward and mm, a certain yeah. ingredient that's eluding you. Dude, there is absolutely, like, there is no illusion, uh, or I'm sorry, illusion, like, in terms of, like, there's no hint, there's there's really nothing. I mean, he doesn't even give you an, uh, an idea, uh, the NPC that works with you, to kind of like get any any sort of suggestion like hmm well maybe have you tried this because again the whole point is like it's been eluding him uh i i had to dude i had i, I tried to keep this playthrough as pure as possible at some point i had to seek like some sort of assistance or guides just because and when i got to it too it it was definitely a weird like no there's no way i would have thought of putting that together like that is a fucking weird dish you were weird that is not like Pep, like pineapple on pizza is cool that is weird you are fucking weird but cool whatever you got it and i'm able to do this um but at the same time when i saw that i could make weird shit like that it it did it, it did stoke some fire in in my uh my well of creativity so who knows um but so far i i can see myself playing this more and more and like oh, yeah. it's surprisingly versatile on the go too like as overwhelming as it is 
I I don't know. I don't. I like I like the idea of playing it undocked. It translations well. Uh, here's what I want to know though: the world in Breath of the Wild is super. It's it's, it's obviously it a it's, it's obviously vast, uh, but it's also very persistent. Um, what was the weirdest thing that happened to you while you were playing? That, that sticks out in your mind. Um, S- spoilers, the possible weirdest... spoilers, by the way. Well, mm, well, I- I'll be I'll be conscious in case we do a, like there's a spoiler tag, but like all right, okay, so you can cook. There are just things that I accidentally affected that I did not think I could like. Like for example, you cook at the 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 the, the stove pots that are available, the stove pans that are available near campfires. Right. However, you can you can just set things on fire by accident or kill things with fire and just cook them there automatically. Um, I will say that the game has much more of a robust physics system than I than I gave it credit for. Uh, I think the weirdest thing is that there is a certain element within a game that really centers on your idea of kinetics and the physics surrounding it. And I, uh, I had one idea going into it, and it turned out that like I caused, like I, I essentially bounced something. I bounced a boulder off of a mountain, but it ended up like hitting another mountain and still having enough strength to then fucking fly into the sky and then land uh, on a camp. Like it was like the Rune Goldberg, like yeah, Rune <laughs> Goldberg fucking effect that I had no idea would happen just from like hitting this boulder in a, in the, the fashion that, that I'm talking about, which, you know, for those playing, you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, there's a deceptively like deep physics system there. Um, I would say that the one thing that's kind of let me down is the shield surfing. That is not what I thought it would be. And it, it, it bums me out. And again, it kind of goes back to like, I have to be way more tacit about how I use items. And I've broken so right. many fucking shields. I've never that, been, like, I've, I've, I don't think I've tried actively, but like, I, I don't, well, that's another thing too. It, never it, told it, me the, the yeah. game doesn't. Yeah. The game doesn't tell you how to do it. I had to look it up or I didn't <laughs> actually look it up. Val looked it up for me after <laughs> like she offered to, but yeah, the fact that it had to be looked up. That's crazy. Uh, it's dude there's there's just a well of depth to the game and like i feel like nintendo took this like these accusations of hand-holding to heart to such an effect that it's almost it's like all right cool fine here's a sandbox fucking like get wrecked and then they just walked away (laughs) and like it's it's great but at the same time just what do i like you know there's certain things and like there's another mechanic that i can't and it's even the game is unsure about it but, like, it wouldn't be seeing much as there are shrines that you have to visit and they have an effect. And as I mentioned earlier, you collect spirit orbs. At some point in the game, you will get a, a, a radar, a sensor, that will beep and will beep in a, in a certain way depending on, like, what proximity you are to said shrine, whether or not you're yeah. uh, within distance of it or facing it. And so many people, like, I'll tell you right now, yeah, it's annoying as fuck to keep that thing on because mm-hmm. I think it's sensitivity. There are times where, like, when I finally do, like, I go up in a tower and I'm looking at, like, what shrine it's talking about, and I'm like, there is no way you should have been beeping the way you fucking were at well, the spot I was on the map. Like, there's no way. that Like, it was entirely a li- it was a little too sensitive or we just like yeah 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 and and like it still <laughs> took me quite a bit to get there but then in that same breath i'm just like dude well if i don't keep this on though like i'm gonna have to rely entirely on towers and like just me surveying things but yeah it, it's dude it's a breath it, it, it's quite a 
breathtaking thing to behold is the, the fucking just a view the, the, the a, a high altitude view of this game oh yeah and i definitely. don't want to talk too much more because like again i know i want to save kind of like the dissection of, of the gameplay involved with these uh sort of designs for the future topic but yeah um so like on my end though right uh I was doing a stream last night on this game and I made my way through and I got a bunch of abilities and this and that. And uh, I somehow found myself at the very beginning of the game about an hour and 45 minutes uh, in. I went down a hill and bam, right where I started. And I'm like, well, God, okay, cool. Well, I was just about to call the stream when all of a sudden I saw a shooting star fall from the sky and it landed. And there was a pillar of light in the distance. And I'm like, holy shit, guys, we got a new a, a new objective. But it was before I, I had a critical item and I couldn't go any further. When I went back to the game today, it was gone. Oh. It's the most Ooh. random thing. See, now that kind it's of tantalizing. You think that oh. they should save that. Like that should inhabit your world. You know, if they're making it a truly open world experience, you should be able to save but progress and go back that, to it. You know, but I guess I, I like the yeah. dynamic, you know, very special. You know, yeah, yeah, it's persistently random when stuff yeah. like that happens. Hmm. I I guess you're right, and but then it's like the, then you, the most ironic part is that it was literally the next thing that I needed to do. But that's such a bummer that you don't have to you don't have there, access yeah. to it. You know, like you have no way of getting to that. That's but you hope that happens again. So maybe hopefully it'll happen yeah. again. You know, it won't yeah. be that rare. But hopefully, an occurrence. Yeah, yeah. Huh. I'm just glad that I got it on the stream because like that's urban legend sure, sure. level shit. We you got know? proof now. Oh, this. Th- this thing falls from space in the distance and a pillar of light appears like what the fuck right mm-hmm. uh there's one thing that really like took me off guard um like the moment uh it happened it happened in, in Val's playthrough too uh and again i don't want to spoil it but like it also man you want to talk about like some bloodborne dark soul <laughs> shit like that also oh dude it there, this is definitely, I will tell you right now, this is not for the faint of heart. This is the hardest Zelda game I have ever played. And I'm not talking about, like, this will, it will not necessarily scratch at your intellectual wall. Because, honestly, that's the smoothest part of this game. Like, the game, the puzzle mechanics are intuitive enough that if you have an idea that if you can do something with it, most likely you will be correct. Mm. Like, especially with like a lot of the elements that they have you working with when it comes to uh, the concept of freezing something, the concept of moving something with mechanic or, 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 or I'm sorry, um, with magnetics or, or kinetic energy, as I was mentioning earlier. In fact, some, how robust some of this shit, as I mentioned, will surprise you. What is like the buzzkill that will put you in your place is the combat, which man that you know that there and like especially when you'd like the game is so good at like lulling you into this false sense of security within the beginning area to where like you can if you if you're diligent enough and you get through it you can clear out all the enemy camps within that first area and you feel accomplished and you're like dude this is well now this is a barren wasteland of fucking nothing but it's my barren wasteland of nothing and like there are no enemies in sight this is rad the only time like an enemy will pop up is at nighttime, where much like any other of uh, like 3D Zeldas of the Ocarina of Time uh, variety, to where uh, you you'll get like a, a random enemy spawn. But aside from that, like the camps, they're all gone. 
you now get to the opened up part of the game as you advance. Oh, dude, no. There are camps that will, like, forever just taunt you. And and it's good. And, like, you know, they, they'll continue to taunt you until you come back on some, like, next level, like, fucking god tier shit. And, and even then, it can still be a little harrowing. I, I think a bit more harrowing that I probably care to want in, in Zelda. But I don't know. I, I have yet to really see a lot of the cool new items i kind of hope that all the neat ideas that they did have in skyward sword that were cool uh also make an appearance other than like what we've already seen out of some of the mechanics i feel like this is just a heavily modified skyward sword engine like a part of me especially the visuals um but yeah i do there's i will probably be playing this and definitely have more to talk about i'm debating on whether or not we should just do a game club on it uh, especially with the fact that we're all three of us. It's not It's not common that all three of us are playing the exact same game at the exact same time. It's weird. We all usually have something different that we come to the table with. Um, now, Andrew, and I, and I want to ask sure. you this. Now that we're moving forward, I kind of want to cover all games that we might be playing around the same time. Have you checked out Horizon? Negative. Um, I definitely want to play that game. But I I kind of went a little crazy with purchasing games in the last month or so. Like, basically, once we had the kid, I, I kind of felt like I needed to catch up on some of the games that had come out. Um, and I've yet to play any of them, uh, which is really a bummer because they're actually pretty good games from what I've been hearing. So I'm probably going to eventually pick up Horizon, but I'm probably going to wait. Um, but that being said, I've heard nothing but good things about it so far. So um, that, that that's, that's good to know because Gorilla Games... It's tough to think of them transitioning from Killzone to something like that, and I'm excited that they did well on that. Um, you almost can't even like associate the yeah. two mm-hmm. from like there's just a stark difference in quality, sure, sure. and you know not to talk shit on Killzone, well, but like Killzone it's, al- so it's always uh, been such a good looking yeah. game, but like it's a shooter. Like how how crazy in depth can you get with shooters? You know, I mean to a certain degree. So I was uh, I was watching Rob Thomas play Horizon last night on Twitch. Yeah. It looks pretty slick. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll go into that in, yeah, into the future I, topic, but I, I do like that they're incorporating things into open world games that maybe change up the formula a little bit. And I think there's a lot of games that have been doing that, and I think that's good because otherwise, all these games that have been coming out because I, I was playing. Um, Oh, I played a little bit of Wildlands, the beta for that. That's set to come out here pretty soon, but I played some of Wildlands. And that's an open-world game, but it's a shooter. Um, and then uh, there's also something else I played that was kind of open-world. Um, man, what was that? Trying to look at the games I own to see like what it would have been. But, you know, open-world games usually follow a very similar formula. It used to be everyone's trying to mimic GTA. Now everyone's trying to mimic Far Cry. And so it's good to see that like these games are kind of doing their own thing or trying different things. And I, I think it's what her eye, well, in certain degrees, I think. Yeah, I was about to say, it's really weird, like, just how many um, similarities that Horizon and Breath of the Wild kind of yeah. share. Mm-hmm. Except the fact that there's, like, I would say Horizon is definitely way, way busier in terms of combat and, and I would say traffic. Sure. Like, there's a there there's definitely one more life to it, but th- th- again, that's not. The I, point I I do like the Horizon does very subtle things, like things that don't really necessarily need to be on the back of the box to sell it, but it does some things that I kind of at least appreciate. Like I've heard Horizon has the ability to like really tweak the UI 
to where if you want certain things on screen, mm-hmm. you can. If you want certain things off the screen, you can. And I like that idea. It's a simple little thing, but I like that at least it's something they like oh, had enou- enough to think about like, well, what if this got in the way? You know, what are some options we can do with this? I like that at least they paid enough attention to that to be like, that should be something we have as an option. Like I just, little things like that I do yeah. appreciate. It, 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 it definitely lent a lot to kind of catering it to what I wanted and like how I wanted mm-hmm. to play it again. I also had a lot of freedom playing it, but at the same time, like, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just the, the, the level that I, I brought going in, but like, dude, I grinded, I grinded so hard and like, I am crafting, I am constantly crafting to the point where like, I, I can only imagine I've whittled down my hands, my digital in-game protagonist hands to fucking bony stumps. How, um, just from how how, dude, how, how are those it, hair physics? That's the real question. Oh, dude, they're the, the animation is not the best during cutscenes uh-huh. at times. Um, no, I will have to say though that like, and I it didn't catch me right away, but I caught it earlier. I didn't even realize it because I I kind of went into this game, uh, kind of media blackout again. I may not always have the most discerning eye for first impressions or judgments in some capacity because, like, you know, I would say when we first saw this game, we also first saw ReCore, and something told me, I'm like, man, I need to get more excited about ReCore. ReCore, like, fuck Killzone developer? So, so, sometimes well, sometimes you may gamble, and sometimes you, you know, you don't win, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes you gotta know uh, when to fold them. Okay. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, the animation is a bit rough. Um, sometimes textures drop in and out. Uh, like, technically, the game kind of chugs a bit. But uh, from a narrative and, and storytelling, like, presentation-wise, otherwise, um, it it's very, very well done. Um, I was actually pleasantly surprised to hear uh, Ashley Birch yet again in another game mm. from uh, Hey Ash, What You Been Playing. Like, she delivers a a stellar performance from what I've seen in her um, characterization of Aloy. And like, there are other characters that are also done. It's just, it's the, my, my biggest complaint is that like, well, like you can tell like Ashley, like really put it in, like, especially if you like follow her work on like what she's done with YouTube and, and other, or even like you're familiar with like what she did in like her, in life is strange and, and all the other works that she's been able to do. It's kind of a bummer when you know she's like giving it her all and there are other voice actors that you just totally phoning it in there's there, essentially there's not enough consistency in in that delivery presentation um but aside from that they're really doing it well like i really like the idea that like it's a dystopian world that um they acknowledge that that the their ancestors were far more advanced and they come from much more humble beginnings. And there are some people that are a bit more superstitious and really like the, the whole commentary and everything is, uh, definitely nice. In fact, they, they it's weird. Both horizon and, uh, breath of the wild kind of have this like nature versus technology theme. Like they're, they're weirdly similar. It's so weird. And the fact that they both released in, in the same goddamn week and like one is definitely getting way more attention than the other, which is a bummer. I like I'm I'm pretty sure like you waiting to get on like to get on that is probably wise just for not only your time reserves, but it's like it's a bummer to, to probably think about like how how much of a discount that game will get like two months later. Um, but yeah, it like 
in terms of open world design and everything, both of those games do really well, uh, especially better than Final Fantasy XV, which is probably the biggest complaint uh, I have against it. Um, but I I will have to say that there's I'm I've only scratched the surface of that game as you were I don't know if you were fucking being cheeky or or whatnot but like yeah I put like over 10 15 hours and like there I, I I hit that like oh shit I scratched the surface moment of the game even though I was really like I had a, a already fairly big playground and and that alone kind of goes into the future topic of like pacing and whatnot but I I was very much enjoying that um the only other game that I played as well was uh Night in the Woods which I've been looking forward to forever. Uh, I want to try to spend as much time as I can talking about it in, in certain ways that like, I'm still playing it. I'm going to try to have the review out as soon as possible. Um, but in the best way, it, it speaks to me on so many levels of uh, relation just from like my adolescence and me being a fucking idiot and just like just the energy and presentation that it has in, in so many things that you can identify like, in in anyone's like youth modern day but the fact that it does this in a way that like there there i don't know there are so many times where i uh like run into like these uh, contrasts with shenmue they were like it felt like a fucking 2d shenmue with just people i was talking to and the interest that i had doing like very i i you know just standard almost menial things like shit that like really wouldn't bear any meaning other than like day-to-day existence but like the characterization and the follow-through on it it's done so well and like i'm so happy that it made it to playstation 4 and that it's a thing being played and that there's still secrets to it i like that there's this own end game like it has a video game within a game and the video game's heavily inspired by zelda and dark souls like i love a lot of things that are going to especially the art style and animation and the humor the humor is oh dude like it has a lot of shades of different things that people can identify um especially anybody within like youth culture that 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 consisted of shades of like fucking gutter bunk uh it's gutter bunk gutter punk <laughs> uh fucking lifestyles gutter bunk man what am i thinking today anyway um yeah i highly recommend night in the woods it is probably in terms of of attachment and and like really wanting to get a no like characters and and like the intelligent lengths that they go into uh especially for those who kind of just like 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 the like the themes that it possesses towards like depression and anxiety and just like the existential crisis of like we're here and then we're not one day and what does it all mean is like channeled into a very like insightful but like subtle game and and like it, it's one that kind of leaves this like quiet impact on you that you still think about and you always carry back into it when you when you go back to it i don't know i very much enjoy night in the woods i highly recommend it and i will have a review out later but i definitely recommend everybody check that out and i think it's vita compatible too i'm not sure what's a vita um fuck <laughs> new like just had to go there. Hey, huh? I, I'm well, saying okay, that so... as one of its probably strongest supporters. I I thoroughly love mm. my Vita, but apparently no one else does. I don't know. I mean, I'm still waiting for like it to be like 30 days in before everybody calls the Nintendo Switch a glorified Neo Geo X. So those fucking, fucking things are still hard and expensive like, to find. So that might almost be a compliment. Yeah, in terms I, I still of need to get mine. Like, 
I still geez, I'd like to get one. I still need to get mine modified. Oh, it's dude. I don't. I don't mind. Yeah, I, like I would mine. get one. I, maybe not so much for when you hook up to the television, but the actual portability of that and the selection isn't too bad. Yeah. 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 Well, no, the portable, the actual portable itself is just, oh, dude, it's so sexy. Mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. that thing. Like, I just wish, like, I had, like, a cool carrying option for it, but it's great. No, I, I really, I very much yeah. enjoy it. Anyway, that's all. Like, I've been playing... We've been playing Go a lot too since the update like dropped, but like not a whole lot. Like I again, I reluctantly spent money on it. Had to get the new wardrobe yeah. options, and they've improved a lot of stuff that um, was easily like huge issues of the game. But there's still issues of the game, and like some of the talk that Niantic did say at GDC, if anything, did not leave me with a whole lot of excitement towards the game's future because when trading does eventually get implemented, it will not be the way we think yeah. it is. It will be local, most likely only, which is bucking. But then again, does does doesn't that maybe like still like tie into the whole point of that game though? Like it it became it does, such a social thing, time, like, you know, maybe to keep it social, but in respects to social where where you are not necessarily with people you know but then why add region specific pokemon like why do the, okay that that okay well yes in, in some situations like for me personally like if i traveled to like another part of the country it's cool that like i brought that back to then trade with people that are in the region that don't have access to it but no i understand in terms of availability yes that definitely is a bummer but yeah i i, I agree a little bit with that but I do like the idea, the concept that, like, oh, you were on the West Coast for a while. You got stuff that we don't get over here in the Midwest or, you know, vice versa. Like, I kind of like that idea, but you can't necessarily do that to people that don't have the access or the availability. So I do understand it to some Yeah, case. like, any, any, and like, I, anybody who lives in rural areas, oh, yeah. probably, like, any interest that they yeah. may have had. Gone. Yeah, just <laughs> yeah, done. Fair enough. But, yeah. But I don't know. I'm enjoying it so far. I I got my party hat Pikachu. Actually, I need to get today. one, so I haven't got one yet. Um, just dude, just stay yep, on it, yep. man. There's just a lot walking of, around, man. The, just like it, dude. The Reddit community on Go is still surprisingly fervent. Like, Team Fowler. You know, it definitely does not have the impact that it first did when it sure. launched. But there are still people that are actively playing. Um, and that's pretty much it. Uh, you, you mentioned you were playing Wildlands. Anything else? Uh, yeah, I played the beta for a decent amount of time. Um, I was at least more surprised uh, that I enjoyed it because I thought it would not be a game that I was into. Kind of similar with when I played the For Honor beta. You know, putting hours into the beta, coming back like, okay, this is actually a better experience and a different experience than I was anticipating. So I do have, I you know. Totally, like I have no blackout, or I had a total blackout with Four Honor. I totally thought that was going to be a free to play mm, game. Nah, not, Man, not that at all. Yeah, not that I'm all. sorry, but um, but you know, um, at least it kind of had me a little bit more interested in it. Whether or not I pick it up at launch or play it because of everything else on our, you know, on our plate right now is probably something left to be seen. But I, I did enjoy my time with it. Played it with a buddy. You know, felt real progression even in a beta state. It felt like we were accomplishing things. Um. And, you know, I, I, I thought it was good. I think it's probably going to be a better launch experience than The Division was. But there are a lot of similarities to The Division uh, in that game. But from what I played, I, I, I did at least come back with a better uh, feeling about it than I did going in, which was which was good. Because most betas tend to do the opposite, it seems like, most of the time. 
Uh, so I was pretty happy about that. Uh, otherwise, um, I've been putting a lot of time and it's not changed in the, I'd say two years since we started talking about it. I put a lot of time into Persona 4 Golden on Vita, uh, in the, in, in, yes. in the downtime that we had with the birth of our, our second child. Um, you know, we had time where we were at the hospital waiting for things to kind of start, you know, happening. And, you know, obviously a lot of downtime where I'm going to be with a baby, but I'm not necessarily around a television to play a game. So portables came back to play in a big way for me. Um, and I've put at this point now about 145 hours into Persona 4. Uh, I'm finally into, I think I'm mid January. So things have kind of already happened. Big things have happened. You know, the major revelation has happened. So I don't know how much more I have left to go before I'm actually done with the game. Um, I don't want to speak to that with, without spoiling things, but, um, I think I've gotten through most of that yeah, game. I know I'm one of the few people. He's he's making mention of me, folks. I still and I still can't fucking get in. Uh, I I I I, I, like I will say yeah. And Persona Five, now. I think, will be interesting to see how they how they deviate from the formula of Persona Four because I think it will in a lot of ways, um, especially in combat. I think it'll be quite a bit different. But yeah, I'm kind of at the point now in Persona Four where I'm just kind of like I'm pretty sure I'm done, but I'm not sure what else I'm supposed to do. So I'm just kind of progressing stuff on a day by day basis until they tell me the game's over. And then I'm sure once it's over, you know, it'll be like a new game plus kind of situation. I can play through it again. But um, for right now, I'm just like, well, I think I did everything. Now I'm just kind of figuring out what what, what happens next. But got that done. Um, trying to think if there's anything else I played. Uh, nothing with a lot of time into it. I picked up a few games I'm excited to try to get into, maybe talk about on the next show. I picked up Yakuza 0. Uh, picked up Neo, even though I'm not a Souls kind of person. Something about Neo, I was just like, I like the idea of a Souls-esque samurai game, but like with a balls-hard difficulty like Ninja Gaiden. I'm sure I won't be good at it, but I like at least the idea of it, and I, I like the concept of the game. Uh, so I picked that up, and there was one other thing I grabbed. What was it? Um, oh, uh, I picked up the expansion for Naruto, Ultimate Ninja Storm 4, which, you know, everyone hears all about that Naruto, all about that anime, the anime love around here. Um yeah, so I picked that up. Um, I won't play it though because I've not finished the manga, uh, so I don't want to spoil anything. But I'm sure playing the game is probably going to spoil everything. But I oh, yeah. I appreciate that game because I'm 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 definitely in a big fighting game kick right now. I think this is going to be a good year for fighting games. I think uh, you know Tekken on the horizon, uh, and we've got you know new expansions to Guilty Gear, uh, you know things like that. I I like Naruto because it's not a traditional fighting game. And it's not really all that good of a fighting game. The mechanics are kind of broken, but I at least kind of like that game. I think it looks really good. So I want to play some of that hopefully soon. So Well, we've got Injustice Oh, we do. Holy shit. Which that pisses me off because I wanted so badly to get into that fucking beta. And I tried so hard to get into that beta and then nothing happened. I was so pissed. But, you know, it's all that. I don't want to feel like that entitled I have to get into the beta kind of thing, but I did. I really did. I was really yeah. pissed I didn't get into it, so I would like to play it before it comes out, but I don't know that's going to happen. So in the meantime, I might just stick with Killer Instinct and a couple other things just to kind of hold me over until that comes out. Um, I need to get back to Killer Instinct because I know they, they've dropped a lot of A lot content. of new content. Shadow Lords expansion was a thing, which was kind of like, eh. But it's it something to at least get you kind of playing it again. Uh, they're doing remix characters now. They did, you know, obviously, obviously Shadow Jago, which he's been, Shadow Jago was available since like year one, Killer Instinct, but only through buying a special version of the Xbox Live membership for a year, you got like a Shadow Jago version. But he's actually a remix character now that you can get. They also did uh, Kilgore, which is a, a remixed version of Fulgore, um, but with different play styles and different mechanics. 
but kind of based upon the similar, you know, archetype of character. And they have a new one coming out, um, this, coming up really soon this month, uh, for, um, I want to say her name's, is it Hasako? The, 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 yeah, the, the like, the, the dead, like, uh, um, the grudge yeah. ass broad with the Yeah, so she's going to have a Shin version that's coming out. And then there's going to be one more character, but they've said so far it's not a remix or a revamping of a current character. It's going to be someone new. Uh, right now, the forerunner for a lot of people is a car from Forza, <laughs> which I'm really excited about. <laughs> hopefully, ho- hopefully we get that like NASCAR, da- that Daytona. That da- I just want to drive a tire. Uh, maybe, yeah. Oh, God. Just get a drive a So maybe like here. a Daytona USA car and virtual fighter kind of a situation, you know, or, or whatever they end up doing. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Someone said they want Banjo Kazooie. The Killer Instinct could get away with it. Killer Instinct is just, it's the, it's the fighting. The game guest characters, the guest characters like, have been fucking nuts so far, but they've all kind of worked. So, I mean, who knows what they come up with next. Yeah, it's Arbiter, yeah. Rash, and um, fuck, man. Oh, General Ram from Gears. Is in there too? Yeah. Yeah, which mm, eh, you know, that would that would yeah. That I mean, it makes sense within the the scope of Killer Instinct, uh-huh. but like, oh, dude, he's also super. Well, I, I think too. a lot of them are though. A lot of those characters can be uh, for sure. Um, but you know, like I said, just fighting games in general. I'm kind of at least not necessarily playing them like I'd like to, but I'm at least observing them and watching them. Uh, the yeah. one I've been the most like uh-huh. current on is Killer Instinct. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Like that, I can give a shit about Mortal Kombat X at the moment. I think everyone else like, has dropped off on know. it now. I think now everyone's just kind of waiting for Injustice. But I mean, KOF's still out there in a big way. New season of uh, Street Fighter characters. Um, uh, the new character everyone's super into right now. Um, I don't want to say it's colon, but it's like it, <laughs> I'm pronouncing that horribly. But it's K- it's K- it's K it's K O L I N. K-O! So who knows? I, I probably butchered the pronunciation of her name, but she's kind of a cool, like, ice character. And that, that's my job. So yeah, I, I don't want to take that back. gimmick from you at all. So, no, that's about it for me, man. Just Persona, Wildlands Beta, uh, still Destiny from time to time when I can, uh, which they just announced uh, Destiny 2 news. They're basically saying that uh, your characters will progress to Destiny 2 from Destiny 1, but none of your gear or weapons will. So kind of a bummer, but kind of expected. Um well, I mean, if they want to, I mean, ba- people expecting balancing has to, yeah, I mean, yeah, they have come, to. Yeah. I mean, I understand that. At least, hopefully, they'll give you some kind of incentive for like you did all this work. Here's something for the new one. At least, like some kind of special gear or some kind of special shader or something. I'm sure they will, but um, yeah, no, that just that's pretty much been it for me. Uh, but really excited in the state of games that we're in right now. I'm hoping now with uh, I recently had a, a change of employment. To where maybe hopefully now I'll have more time to play games and play games I want to play, uh, which is exciting. So I'm hoping maybe even start contributing more to the site, doing more things for the site in a game, you know, specific capacity. Um, just, you know, waiting for the kid thing to kind of pan out. But until then, hopefully I have some downtime to actually play some stuff. So I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, eventually, like, dude, they, you know, they sort of. They graduate eventually, man. Eventually. 18 years, man, they'll be graduated. So, you know, after that, we'll be fine. Yeah. We'll yeah. Be fine. Um, so, Sarah, is there anything else? Because we actually have some select feedback, but I don't want to make sure, like, we got air. Yeah, we, um, I've, I've got a whole bunch of stuff that I've been playing, mostly on PlayStation Portable, actually. Um, we've been getting a, a bunch of the stuff that we got for Game Quest come in the mail here. So just as, like, a, uh, a small sampling of the things that we've been playing here, uh, Space Invaders Galaxy Beat, 
which is kind of like a weird remixed version of the game with porn music, which is totally <laughs> unexpected, but it works in hilarious ways. Um, there is Cho Niki Zero for the PlayStation Portable, which was also released in North America, but it, it got a physical release in Japan, so double dipped on that. Um, Zionide, which I'm working on getting a quick uh, expose on here for the next game. Isn't quest. that on Xbox? Uh, actually, this uh, I should have uh, specified. This is actually Zionide Resurrection, uh, which got a release in Europe on the PlayStation Portable and PlayStation 2. It's actually a sequel to the one on the Xbox. Yeah. So in Japan, it was simply called Zionide, and that was the cheapest version that was on eBay. So I got it because, oddly enough, I'll understand more in Japanese than I will in German. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, I agree. And then finally, like uh, for for the PSP stuff, I've got four games in particular, which actually comprise 20 games. Uh, Twinbee Portable, Gradius Portable, Parodius Portable, and Salamander uh, Portable. Um, which is five games per series on one UMD. Um, we just got Twinbee Portable in a few days ago, and it's it's pretty cool. Uh, they actually have a fully remade and arranged version of the Game Boy game on the <laughs> uh, on the disc. And uh, when I was getting footage of it, I uh, I kind of one credit cleared it. <laughs> there you go. NBD <laughs> man, NBD, so no cool. big deal. <laughs> no, no mm-hmm. big deal. Um, but yeah, uh, outside of that, uh, a lot of Darius Burst we've been playing because there was two, uh, two packs of DLC that came up for it, uh, pack four and five, which was aiding and Capcom. Um, and I think the Capcom one, the, uh, there was one for Varth Operation Thunderstorm, which is a fan, a fantastic game. Uh, if you, if you have a PlayStation two or PSP or even an Xbox, I think as well, uh, the Capcom classics collection volume one has Varth on it, and it's pretty amazing. Uh, and if it's not on Volume 1, then it's on Volume 2 for PS2. Uh, but I know it's on Volume 1 for PS or for, for the PSP. Um, we've been doing a lot of live, live streams mm-hmm. as well. We do uh, this thing called the Mud Prince Megastream now. <laughs> uh, every Friday at 10 p.m. Atlantic Time, which I guess is uh, 9 p.m. Eastern and 6 p.m. At, uh, Pacific. And basically, we choose three games and play the three games throughout the course of about two hours. Uh, so, like, for example, there was one that we did on the 17th of February where we played Parodius uh, for the Famicom, Twin B3 for the Famicom, and Crisis Force for the Famicom. So, like, we'll, ch- we'll choose, a, like, a, a single console and then put three games into it. Uh, the most recent one that we did outside of, um, outside of this last Friday, because we did uh, Super Bomberman huh. for the Switch... Uh, we did a PlayStation stream with uh, Rival Schools, Einhander, and Bomberman World to sort of lead into the Switch stream the next week. Um, we're planning a Dreamcast stream with a bunch of fighting games on it. Uh, so yeah, every Friday we do it on YouTube, and then we'll do one on Switch the next day. We've only got like 14 followers on Switch, so you know if you want to send me... Uh, or send me a follow on Switch. That'd be great, and we can sort of build it from there. Are you, are you talking about uh, Nintendo yeah, Switch, we, or what, need... what is Switch? Like the game system itself, you mean? Yeah, the, the, the well, okay, games on Okay, Switch. I see. I didn't know if it was like some kind of like a video yeah. service or something, because you're also on um, another like video service that you put a lot of the videos up for as well, correct? Oh, that was ages ago. I don't, I'm not even sure if it does much anymore. That was Ustream. 
Well, but, okay. Um, oh, I see. For like your actual live feeds I think and stuff he, like I, that. Are, are we wait? Are we talking about VidMe? Oh, VidMe. No, that's a totally. Oh, different. it doesn't host streaming of that's, any kind. That, yeah, that's oh, just. Oh, I see. I see. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Which, yeah, we're uh, actually considering VidMe for PPR mm-hmm, videos mm-hmm. too. Uh, most likely, we're going to get on that. That's just. That's just some background production that we fucking need to get into. <laughs> exactly. I'd recommend it. They're a lot less stringent on the whole game footage thing there. So um, that's that. basically it guarantees that my replays from the live streams are going to be present uh, if things go south from a copyright perspective on YouTube. Uh, and the same with Switch, like, or, or Twitch, rather. Twitch uh, is far less uh, unforgiving when it comes to Nintendo footage, which is how we got away with Zelda last night. Uh, if that was on YouTube, that has struck me down uh-huh. immediately. Yeah, so... Yeah, YouTube is... And even then, with the whole PewDiePie fiasco, which we try to avoid talking about, but, like, I don't know. I think what in terms of exposure for, uh, like, game enthusiast coverage... Uh, YouTube is not gonna. YouTube gaming did not. Uh, well, it's not living up to what people like were promised it would be. Yeah, no, not 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 by a long shot. So, so that that's that's basically what I've been what's been in my console. Well, with the exception of Ghostblade HD, which um, which yeah, I got which a copy you guys on, should uh, definitely check and, out. I I have an arranged soundtrack in that one. So it's on uh, Wii U, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and on the 8th it'll be out on Steam as well. And um, I wasn't really marketed very well uh, up until the day after the game was out. No publications had my arranged soundtrack as a feature. And then after a couple of, uh, of interviews came to light, then they started putting me in for the features on the Steam version. So I'm a little miffed about that. Um, I really could have used a boost in my album sales from that sort of attention, but it never sort of happened. Um, but it's in there. Uh, all you need to do is go in and choose alternate for the soundtrack and you're in business. Everything gets switched over to the music that I, uh, that I recomposed. Dude, it's, it's good. Hard, but good. I, or I just suck. Who knows? I'll, I'll, I'll bank that I suck. Oh no, I've been playing one shoot 'em up a lot and it like it works like a traditional shoot 'em up maybe i'm just used to like mobile ones uh i've been playing a lot of operation dracula like hmm. when i'm pooping which is i don't know i sure, like it sure. um so oh, man there's other stuff that i want to talk about but i'll have to i'll have to save for uh, another point but yeah we should really get into select feedback we yes. have uh, a couple of questions here uh so i'll go ahead and just try to get uh three of them out uh, let's see here. You know, I sh- I would have had a better time probably organizing this. Okay, so here we go. Uh, what is your John John uh, McNally asks? What is your most anticipated game of 2017? So that is tough. I would say me personally, if you would have asked me maybe six months ago, I would have said Mass Effect Andromeda. Because I was a huge fan of the Mass Effect trilogy, and and I loved it. And actually, something I forgot to mention in the uh, What's in Our Console feature, I went back and played the Citadel DLC for Mass Effect 3. You know, albeit, I'd say, what, maybe two, three years after it originally had come out. 
Or no, maybe even more than that. God, I don't know how long ago that DLC came out for three. Four? Yeah. Yeah, that was like in Yeah, it's been a while, but I went back and finally played it because it's the last thing I had to do um, with Mass Effect 3 and the trilogy in general. And it was kind of satisfying to play through it now on the, you know, kind of on the eve of uh, Andromeda coming out. Um, but I will say, you know, they haven't shown a whole lot of Andromeda and the what they have shown, they focused heavily on the combat. And it definitely seems like it's more action-focused than the, the last three games were. So I, I, it kind of has tempered my excitement for the game. I still am excited to play it, but we also have so much on the table right now that we're still playing through or trying to get to now. It's hard to be like, I'm so excited. I'm going to drop everything I'm doing to play Mass Effect because I can't personally, I can't play Mass Effect like I used to play Mass Effect. And that kind of in itself kind of tempers my, you know, excitement for it as well. I can't dedicate the time and energy into it that I'd like to. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely not looking forward to it as much as I thought I would have, but I, I hopefully still will pick it up. Uh, Add some lukewarm yeah. uh, reception, too, from the, the whatever preview coverage that it's gotten from yep. major outlets. The way they decided to do it, it was just and, weird, and I can see mm-hmm. why there's a lot. To and and, and, and I, they also canceled yeah. the multiplayer beta, which I was really excited to see how the multiplayer was, because that was one of the best things about 3. That was like better co-op multiplayer that had any reason to be and i really enjoyed it in three and then they canceled the beta so it's like you know another chance kind of you know unfortunately you know to be excited about it now now i'm really not as much because of that um so i would have said mass effect but now i'm I'm not so sure you know i mean i think maybe the most anticipated games of the year have either already come out um or maybe we'll be really surprised by them you know maybe we'll get a doom this year, you know, we're like just kind of blown away, like, oh shit, like this came out of nowhere. Um, so I'm, I think maybe we have had that with a few games this year. Like, I know a lot of people are super excited about Neo and Horizon. Um, like I said, I'm really looking forward to Persona. Uh, you know, I'm really super excited about Persona. Uh, Tekken, I'm, I'm looking forward to, but I wouldn't say Tekken's gonna be like the game of the year kind of, you know, situation, but I'm very excited about a new Tekken and it looks great from what we've seen so far. Uh, that's tough though. I, I really don't know. This is the first year where I'm like, I'm either excited about the potential of what could come out or I'm overwhelmed by the stuff that already has. It's kind of tough to say right now for sure. Uh, mine's easy. Uh, mine is, uh, essentially Shenmue three. Do you, do you, do you, do you, do you think uh, we get that 2017? You think, uh, it will? You think it'll happen? Yeah. Um, we're just going to go with, it's okay. going to happen. And I sure, hope. sure. And that's another one I forgot about. Uh, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite is supposed to hit 2017. Supposedly. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, uh, yeah, Shemu, I, I guess that's on a lot of people's mind right now, but they haven't really shown a lot of that lately, have they? No. <sighs> but maybe that's for the best. Uh, it's been very... Yeah, it's been very quiet. Like, if anything... Um, <sighs> yeah, I, I think they've shown, like, some behind-the-scenes stuff. That makes me excited, but it's behind the scenes stuff that they showed for the trailers that they put out. I'm like, okay, but yeah. the game, I want to, I want to see stuff for the game, and I'm just kind of hoping for the best there. But at the very least, like I have it, and again, like it's still going to be my most anticipated game. I mean, keep in mind, like three years ago, four years ago, I kind of really remained consistent with, oh, I would give my left testicle if this game happened, and now it's a thing and it's happening. Uh, but I'm also like. Man, I'm just really trying to 
not exactly temper my expectations, just ground them. Mm -hmm. But I'm just happy. I'm just happy to finish the story, and I'm going to finish the story for, uh, again, my favorite fucking, just period, favorite game. Uh, and, and be able to, like, just put that to sleep and, and just... I don't know if I'll feel something like... Keep in mind, I mean, this sort of dynasty of games hasn't had the best rep. I mean, we were just talking about Mass Effect... And like I'll, I will never really like look back at three. If anything, three was just like a, yeah, I finished it. It was nice, but I will always look fondly on two, and like how that game really gripped me in in the second one. And like Shenmue kind of suffers almost from a very similar thing to where two really leaves you hanging for more, and two is just really memorable, especially in that last half. But like where where it plans on picking up from there, man. I don't know. Like I can fucking, I can only hope it's gonna be amazing. But still, my my all two look to. I would I would say, uh, next to that is probably ukulele. Which man, I know is gonna be, a fucking. I well, I guess I can't say that. I really hope it's a success. I really hope it's like, a shovel knight success for three D platformers. If that makes sense. What about you, Sarah? Uh, easy answer, Persona 5, which isn't <laughs> oh, yeah. too far yeah. off, which it's, See, this I is think... a busy year. It is gonna, it's gonna be a hard year again, I think. PS4 uh, has definitely got some crazy good exclusives this year, though. I mean, they are, they're, they're getting a lot, they're getting a lot, a lot of exclusives this year. Yeah, really good yep, ones, yep. too, which, um, which, yeah, um, a few more that are coming down the line look pretty interesting, too, but... None more if it comes out than the uh, the recently announced Switch RPG Octopath Traveler Project Octopath. Is that uh, Square Enix joint or that? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it, it looks like the best parts of Final Fantasy VI merged with uh, the kind of shallow depth of field that you'd find in um, 3D dot game hmm. heroes. It looks pretty. Actually, amazing. I, I changed so. my mind. You just reminded me. I would say my most anticipated title this year is going to be Odyssey. Super Mario Odyssey. I saw that when they debuted uh, the the stuff for the what was that event? Was that just like a Switch event they did in Japan where they showed all that? Yeah, it was just a Switch um, presser. They showed yeah. that Mario got New Donk dude, City. They, bitch. they showed Mario Odyssey. I just remember seeing it and I was like, "What the fuck is this?" Like, I was just so excited. <laughs> I was like, "What the hell is Mario doing in this real world kind of thing?" I was like, "What's going on?" Oh, dude, we came full circle though. We came full circle. Like it. Who knows, man? It could like. Just I don't know. It was a little jarring seeing Mario next to like real yeah, life proportions. Yeah, it's very true. Uh, but I just remember being like that that sense of like just wonderment and excitement and just very childlike. Uh, you know, just I don't know. I'm just really, really super excited about it. You know, like like a kid on Christmas Day kind of excitement. And I was like, this is this is so cool. Like I was grinning ear to ear, and I didn't even know what I was watching. Um, but yeah, I, if I had to choose now, I'd say probably that, probably Odyssey. Damn, dude. Um, Dom, that's all I've got here. He writes, Sarah wasn't too keen on the Nintendo Switch and its announcement in previous episodes, and yet, from what I've gathered, he's completely changed his tune about it. What was the thing that pushed him? Uh, I had a chance to get hands-on with the unit before launch, and... My biggest reservations with the Switch were its uh, build quality. 
which is something that I'm happy to say uh, isn't an issue. Uh, it's a, like like we said earlier, this is a super premium feeling device. It's it's definitely made with uh, older players in mind. It's, it's something that uh, any adult can feel like you know it's worth a, a few hundred dollars. Um, it doesn't hurt that there's some decent games coming up for it as well. The fact that it launched with a Bomberman game is pretty great. <laughs> Um, I'm always going to love Hudson Soft and, by extension, Konami's representations of Hudson Soft games, so long as they keep the quality up. And, um, and you know, again, stuff like Octopath Traveler looks supremely, uh, supremely good. It's basically everything that I loved about the 16-bit uh, era RPGs with uh, that next-gen luster. Uh and there's other other series as well, like Shin Megami Tensei, that uh, have also been announced for the platform as well. And my general, I oh, forgot man, I about totally that forgot too. About that. And the and, and yeah, the traditional Fire Emblem game. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, my my general rule of thumb is if you can find five games, five decent games that are worth playing on a system, it's probably worthwhile to have. Uh, nowadays, that might be up to ten, but even then, I can. I can imagine there will be a 10 decent games for the Switch in its first year. Um, not the least of which, of course, will include games like, uh, well, it says in the fourth quarter we should be seeing like Metal Slug 3 and Shock Troopers, uh, those Neo Geo games. Um, being oh, man, they just totally this... reminded me. Sonic Mania, that's also up there. Exactly, yeah. That was just, just fairly re- recently uh, announced, wasn't it, that they were making that for the Switch as well? Yeah, which so, and from what people have played, it's fucking it's great. So that's really what it was: being hands-on with it and feeling how comfortable it actually was. You know, not even going in through the interface because at the time it wasn't even allowed to be powered on. But you know, it, it worked for me, and that pretty much uh, told me that it was something that I could maybe get behind. It did not uh, hurt either that uh, I came into some money from sound design, so extra money. And a decent feeling system equaled a pretty pretty easy purchase. And this is also my first day one purchase. I've never had a, a console day one before. Yeah, dude, it's it's just weird. Like, it's, I'm still like kind of wrapping my mind. I'm like, oh, we have new Nintendo mm-hmm. system. Like, there's new video. Yeah, like it's 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 still like again kind of hard to process. But we're only so many days in. Um, the last question here that I think we have time for before we got to get into the future topic and, and wrap this puppy up. Uh, this comes from friend of the show. He writes for Hey Poor Player, uh, Jay Petriquin. And his question is unique. I'm, I'm still I'm like reading it, and I'm like, hmm, that's a good one. I don't know what we really have to say to that, but we'll try. Um, what are some of the reviews and scores you guys have seen that you most vehemently disagree with? To the point that this question might actually make you remember them. So, essentially, like, I see something and maybe I think it's overrated or I think it didn't get its due. I would interpret that. Um, I, oh, man. You know... Just from, like, games journalism in general or us on our site specifically? Yeah, I think... I want to say just games journalism in general... I think, okay, I can think of one. Um, well, maybe not. I don't know. Uh, I think there was a time where, like, Sarah, I mean, me and Sarah have butted heads before. I think the one thing recently is, like, uh, I don't, I, 
I would not have given Star Fox Zero uh, the praise that Sarah gave it. That that I can cover, but I feel like there was something recently that I can't uh, think of. Um, I would think. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, I think Resident Evil Seven, actually. That is not that great of a game. You know what's funny is I completely forgot to mention that in what's in your console. I didn't get to play a whole lot of it, but I played, I would say, again, that's another 8, 10 hours. Um, that game is, uh, there's there's a lot working against it limit-wise. And like while the premise is interesting, the, the follow-through is not and it is so fucking derivative off of like what PT tried to be that it it kind of almost sours that like essentially like I kept thinking to myself like all right how does this exist beyond the scope of uh, essentially what we saw in the beta and then it tried to do that and then it just became it just became a dumb shooter and then like it was really weird like when it really got into like essentially it did what Resident Evil always does is it kind of removed like any of the suspenseful horror that it had set and like just fucked it with dumb sci-fi shit and like did it with like mechanics and story and like a, a presentation that got like lamer as the game went on like I don't know man I'll probably try to finish it like it's it's not bad but to the praise that it got I would say that it's not necessarily undeserved but like that that game is way more flawed than it is enjoyable and like i don't know why people aren't talking about it and i and i checked it out constantly but that game is fucking ugly as sin at times like the the textures and the texture drops and and, and and like i've checked it both console i've checked it for pc it is it is gross there are times where like it it, it like and, and I knew it too, like, because that game came out fairly. It came out within less than a year of announcement, right? In terms of development, like, I know it hasn't been developed in development longer than a year. You, it plays like a game that has not been in development for longer than a year. So yeah, I, I'll go with that one. Resident Evil Seven. Uh, you know, I we won't have a review coming out, but this is the most I can say. And I, I was like trying to think if I can work one out, and I just I won't. It's not it's not that good of a game, guys. Um, that's all I've got to say about that. I don't know. What about you guys? Mm. It's tough, man, because at the time I could see this getting the reviews that it did, but now looking back on it, um, you might hate me for saying this. I think that Uncharted 2 got reviewed way higher than it probably should have. I I, 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 I still... Oh, I still now, now, now so if you wanted times. me to review the first like introductory part of that game, then yes. 10 out of 10. But the game as a whole, um, that's tough. I just feel like, for the time, it probably did get reviewed very highly because of what it was doing. But looking back on it now, um, you know, as a whole, I think there was a lot more scores thrown at it, like perfect scores, than maybe it should have had. But, you know, at the time, who knows? I mean, I guess maybe because it was such a new thing. Um, but I, I guess that's the only one I can think of looking back on now. Um, I would say also I didn't see Fallout 4 being that huge or even Fallout, any Fallout games. Seems like Fallout 3, New oh, Vegas dude. 4, like they're so like critically acclaimed games. Maybe not 4 so much than, you know, compared to 3 or New Vegas. Definitely not New Vegas. But, you know, Fallout in general, just that series in general, Skyrim in general, anything Bethesda for me always seems to get praised and reviewed very highly for a lot of people. And I just don't see it just from a personal level because I'm just not into those games. 
I fully agree with you because I did a I did a piece uh, about like why Fallout Three. Like I believe it was a late yeah, to the party. Cool game. I mean, I like some of the like, DLC for it, but I just can't see it being like you know game of the year material or like highly reviewed you know material. Yeah, I would. Fallout Three was um, was great. It's still I think it's still a great game to go back to. Fallout Four, ugh, not, not so much. Oh no, a uh, part of me kind of almost wants to say not review wise, but in terms of like a, a public opinion, I think Overwatch is a bit uh-huh. overrated at this point. Uh, it's getting it's. Getting I, I maybe maybe, but, but I still feel like it deserves praise. But no, I guess. Well, I don't know. I won, I won a lot of awards, I don't think it, you know, for like game of the year caliber awards, but it did. I know it might sound cool to hate on it. I don't want to. I mean, it's earned mm-hmm. all those rewards, but at the same time, like when I hear things like, "Oh, I have, I, I should practically have Overwatch glue." Yeah, you know, I mean, it's, it, it, it's just not your thing. I mean, people, you know, it's just not your bag. Um, mm-hmm. did Jay? Did Jay? Did Jay what give an example himself? Just curious. Okay. No, he I'd did be, not. I'd be, that's, the, that's literally I read. I'd be interested verbatim. to see what his thoughts are on that, but I'll, I'll let Sarah get to his, of course. But maybe we'll follow up with Jay eventually and see what his thought was on that. Um, back in the day, we're talking like PlayStation Two here. EGM wrote, uh, or um, they um, they posted a review in one of their magazines for Ace Combat Zero, and it averaged like a five to a six. And they called it a phoned-in entry to the series, and I always thought that was fucking bullshit. Because, to me, Ace Combat Zero was probably the most genuine of the three that made it to the PlayStation 2. Uh, Ace Combat 4 story was pretty good. Ace Combat 5 story, though, had too much damsel in distress, and a little too much... um, A little too much CG. I, I kind of appreciated that they used live-action actors in Zero as part of like a faux documentary series as you were going through the game. And as opposed to anything else that I think I've played on the PlayStation 2, it really stands out because of that. Uh, I, I can't think of many other games that have you playing through key parts in a faux documentary setting. So, yeah, I, I can't agree with any, any of the lower scores that... Uh, that Ace Combat Zero got simply on the fact that they used real actors instead of fancy CG fucking cutscenes. Uh, and, you know, that it doesn't have some sort of damsel in distress character constantly calling out for the main player to save her. So, I don't know. That's that's the one that, I've, that I didn't really uh, agree with the most, I think, out of everything I've read. Well, there you have it. Uh, well, with that being said, that's select feedback. You can... Uh, definitely reach us back at mailbag at presspauseradio.com uh, or you can tweet at us at our official Twitter, Press Pause Radio, on our Facebook wall uh, or just get at one of us. And, I mean, this was a, just a call-out. I just decided to experiment and see if I can get some questions going. Got some. Pretty dope. Uh, we'll try to see if we can make select feedback a regular thing. Until then, let us go on to the feature topic open world games
so big, empty, wide terrain, just lots of activity, lots of just so much playground to cover. Like, my uh, my worst you nightmare. You know what's funny? Just, I'll, I'll, I'll start yeah. that. That's my worst nightmare. I don't necessarily like those games. Those kind of games for me are anxiety producing because you get so overwhelmed with choice that you don't tend to make any choices. That's for me personally. I just don't like that open freedom of a game. I like games kind of telling the story for me or at least you know, giving me the, the tools to kind of progress the story, but I don't like the open world stuff at all. I'm usually a pretty... I'm pretty against those kinds of games uh, most of the time. And, and yet, like, okay, so would you call Assassin's Creed yes. open world? Yeah, for yeah. sure. See, like, I think I think the thing is, and, like, what's funny is, like, I just, I, I like the term just because, like, the original the original uh, distinction for these tile, uh, these, like, styles of games were sandbox so, well, games. I which, mean, you, you're both, I would, I would categorize you guys as historians in, in games, uh, you know, just from your knowledge and your experience, what would you consider being the first open world game? Body Harvest. What is Body yeah. Harvest? For, I would, the, for the Nintendo 64. It it definitely had a, like, that was probably the only big, like, I, I would I would say, like, the, the, the main hallmark of it, because everything else about the game is pretty dumb. It was, and, yeah. But yeah, it was not a good game. But I think it was the, made by DMA Design. Which uh, then went on to form Rockstar. Yep. And with that, I mean, again, I, what really quantifies that is weird. Like, there's no exact barometer. Just like, at this point, the lines are being blurred on what is considered Metroidvania. You know, like... It, or an RPG. <laughs> it kind of... Yeah. Yeah. Or at this point, like, you know, distinctions and labels aren't... They aren't trendy anymore, man. Like... And and that's cool, but I I think if if you're really gonna delve into that, it it is essentially a I want to say it's maybe less about the sky like the scale and size of the world, and more so the freedom within the world because, uh, a lot of people may argue this and I again like I'm not like please don't take the words to heart like just try to pick up on the subtext that I'm, I'm trying to go over here when I when I say what I'm about to say that uh, Breath of the Wild possesses a lot of similarities to Wind Waker and I feel like Wind Waker is a precursor to like what like Nintendo thought it could do within limitations of hardware of course uh, or maybe not I mean who knows uh, whether or not they could pull something to the caliber of Breath of the Wild running on something like a GameCube uh, the difference being though is that you have even more freedom and you are all the more liberty you don't have so much linearity in, in objectives that you have and even then you kind of didn't have that in Wind Waker and that's why people really feel like that was the last great Zelda game because everything else really felt like more of a tour than an experience Um, anything that just kind of leaves you to your own devices but does so in a way that uh still kind of gives you uh, a sense of agency and autonomy like gives you like all right i like i like the fact that the, the that there's been a more polish to this design but there there's something that's definitely 
worth noting in what you said, Andrew. And I feel like that's been the folly of of this genre or sh- subgenre, the like this style of game, is that there's got to be a balance of showing players like what is out there for them and what they can do and and what's a possible but also to gate that in a sense that that gives them something to work towards and still give them enough sense of freedom that they can either stick to the path or stray from it and kind of balancing those two factors like hand in hand kind of determines on like how engaging and, and and i mean there's so much other shit involved like you know the world itself like you know what kind of grip can can this world leave on you like how captivating uh is the idea of like just moving from corner to corner uh of an area and essentially uh like traveling through and and filling out like spots of uh said game i think at some point when you are are uh, essentially given like this fucking wide like huge jump of of like land and opportunity to cover that um i think the experience actually kind of falls apart i would agree with that i i I feel like a Uh, lot of it too is the open world is one thing but it's what you populate it with that makes the game good or bad i think that you need to populate it with you know uh you know life you have to populate with you know people and, and and things um and it can't just be you know like a, a paper cutout kind of, you know, group of people. Like you go into a town and it's just like lifeless. You know, I think NPCs and I think things of that nature have to really appeal to the open world, you know, and, and make it feel like you're going to certain areas of the open world. Like in these places have their own, you know, ways of life. They have their own communities, you know, and it feels like you're populating the world that you feel like you're a part of it. And there's been games that have done that. And there's games that have just thrown bodies in there just to, you know, take up the space. I feel like that's what really kind of defines it or makes it more of a memorable experience or the things that inhabit that world. Um, but no, you're right. I feel like a lot, a lot can, you know, there's a, a very delicate balance when it comes to those games of that size, because you do have to compromise between, you know, the story you want to tell and the story you want them to be able to tell or the freedom you want to allow them. Um, and there's definitely a balance there and you have to kind of pick or choose and sometimes they get right. Sometimes they don't, you know, just, it's a, it's a pretty, pretty crazy toss up when you really think about what kind of balance has to go into it. Well, I mean, and even then there, there's a, like they, they, there's gated or I would say like stage. And there could be a lot of restrictions too. Like you ever, you know, encounter like a, uh, you know, like a invisible wall kind of situation, you know, we're like, well, I'm supposed to be able to go and do whatever I want. So why am I not able to access this or why am I not able to get to the certain part? You know, I think that, that like game developers answer to that is to fucking like throw you into the biggest world that they can that like they almost like they, they definitely thrive off of the, the concept of intimidating, Uh like the curiosity out of you, which I think like that's cool if you hold back on it a bit, like I think Zelda's at that point right now, breath of the wild. I'm intimidated. You came into like describing like your feelings towards the genre is just like unbridled intimidation and anxiety of which the likes you do not know how to manage. And yet, you know, for every player that feels like that, there's a third one that fucking literally like the way they play the game, just like, okay, I'm going to literally move to this side and I'm going to plot my way. Like, 
to the other end until I can literally not go any further. And then they, like, just so they know, I'm like, okay, it took me, like, 45 real-world minutes to, like, go from, like, this side of the world to this side of the world. And some people just, they love breaking it down. Like, just this, like, fascination with dissecting, like, how much scale uh, can, can they like undertake and then what they what can they do with that scale afterwards um i feel like there are times though where you had mentioned like big isn't Mm -hmm. always better i mean i would i would uh, i would call um mass effect an open Mm, world game maybe uh like the original well maybe i just feel like those games they're so limited in the plants you can actually explore it might feel a lot bigger but the stuff you can actually access is kind of limited i think now, now, and well, right, yeah. and then not only that, there isn't a sense of activity to it either. Yeah. Well, I was Sorry, gonna say, I, I know, like, it does sound like Andromeda is supposed to have more explore, uh, explorative kind of, you know, aspects to it, where you actually go and actually explore more of a planet and, and see more of a planet. But yeah, I mean, let's be honest here. If we're talking about where bigger games don't necessarily make better games, there's definitely examples of that one that came out last year specifically, where it's the biggest game you can imagine, but that course didn't make it better. Almost, almost maybe held it back because of how big it was. Well, right, and like just the la- again, like the the ambition of it just kind of boiled down into there's only so much yeah. you can do, like. You know, in terms of No Man's Sky, there was something that I actually related yeah. back to it where, like, there's this, like, almost ambiguity to, like, the sense of its world. As And, you know, you're going to find it weird, but, like, I was thinking about it, and I, I don't know how I contrasted to, but I did, was fucking No More Heroes, the very first No More Heroes, and, like, how oh, yeah. really, like, is, is, is phony, like, it was phony. Like, for as busy as the city looked, there was, like, shit you can do in it. It was just area to trek and nothing more but like but it was considered it was tech it's technically an open world game it's just it's so lifeless it's a barren yeah almost. super super Cra- crazy how game that can be so big can be so repetitive too mm-hmm. right it's i i don't know um i i do want to say though that, like it's not always just like the sense of scale of what like gives you a sense of activity but like i kind of like it's really weird like to to really like boil this down into words um because like okay we have two very different but very similar games that like again that really inspired this which was horizon and zelda and again one one of those games that a severe disadvantage uh i think there's this thing about between the both of them that really separates them and why one is you know noticeably getting more excitement than the other and that's this like indefinable sense of uh like being a part of something that feels like it's larger than life like there's this larger than life scale to uh zelda uh, breath of the wild and i think a lot of that has to do and and the game plays into it really well is this weird sense of isolation almost to the point where I'm like, I can't imagine like how they pull this off. Like in the future, if they ever decide to revisit Metroid with this mindscape, who knows? I mean, Zelda and Mario is definitely the safe bet when, when coming to so and where Mario is going to be the exact opposite. Like we, you, I mean, I can only assume you saw the trailer. Like there's fucking, there's so much everywhere you look and go in Zelda. 
I mean, yeah, there are, there are people going on, but the like the sense of isolation is there intentionally, and it, it's supposed to like subliminally cast like this curious yet really really scary sense of and again i i don't want to keep reusing the words intimidation but like this uh gloomy sense of dread for exploration like you want to explore but like more and more like you know you kind of have to tacitly choose what you explore especially again given other mechanics that require you to like really think about what you're doing whereas in horizon like it is a it is honestly a literal playground. Like I, di- I did not feel like I, I enjoyed the, the aspect of like exploring everything I could. And like, they like much like where breath of the wild has its towers. Uh, horizon has the long necks, which is a moving tower, which I thought that was cool within itself. And something that's completely new to that genre. I mean, for like Assassin's Creed to fucking tomb Raider and tomb Raider going the open world route, everybody, uh, has got to have their like map expanding towers, and um, I really felt like in in the vein of Horizon, uh, like that was an actual playground. Like I I did not have any sort of res- reservations or or any apprehension towards like I saw areas on the map. I did it. I think I hardly looked at the map. I just managed a lot of my objectives, and like I I let like my greediness like kind of lead me around everywhere and like my curiosity towards mechanics but as far as destinations and finding shit that is not what's driving me in horizon and like maybe that's what's probably making me like kind of less excited to play even though i'm super excited to play it than in in zelda because i'm i feel like i'm exploring an actual world in breath of wild like hyrule is a living place there are landmarks there's like things that are definable while it's um horizon like there there are certain landmarks yes but i mean you can almost like pastel copy and paste some of like the aesthetics in in like various areas that make up a region there are times where i mean you can make that same argument for breath of the wild but at the same time like i could tell you right now i know how to reach certain enemy camps i recognize various lakes and like certain forests and like it all seems different and distinctive there, there aren't a lot of games that do that very well. They kind of just pick a, like Grand Theft Auto is a great example because it's a city. I mean, most cities can't like there's there's going to be the urban area, then there's going to be the like certain districts. There's going to be areas where you can really copy and paste like architecture in a way that's still believable. Uh, but then like you do something like Assassin's Creed Three. A uh, game that tried to really be ambitious and distinctive, but did not work well to connect those two aspects together, and that's where there was a disconnect in in taking away one of the arguably probably the most most fundamental aspects of a open world game is fucking travel and ease of travel. Like I don't know, man. Like bigger isn't always better. Another fucking also that I don't I, I want to touch on is Arkham Knight, which. You know what? Hey, Jay, that's another one. I will feed into that one. I gave Arkham Knight a poopy score, and I stand by it. I do. Not, I still don't get how people like really enjoy that game, and and I love Batman. Everybody should know that. So it's not. I don't know, but I I I, I guess my question, what I really wanted to bring into this topic was, is like 
should open world games strive to be bigger? What What is the evolution that you think open world games should come to at this point? Because much like Zelda and Horizon, like I think they peaked. Like, what do we do with them? I think uh, maybe populating them with uh, not predetermined elements, but more random elements. Like we kind of see that already with uh, Grand Theft Auto Five and Four, for example. But like to have it even more fully realized, having random weather. Uh, like realistically generated random weather based on I don't know algorithms for for um, faux forecasts, right? Like if uh, if uh, at night there's a lot of humidity in the air, it, it'll generate rain or something like that, or like um, you know uh, more realistic uh, packs of wild animals, more stuff to interact with, like uh, that's more organic. I would say instead of just kind of like. Uh, a barren, sterile world with uh, predetermined placements of of certain enemies, or have have stuff in the background, kind of interact with each other too, so that you can sit back and, and observe. Right? Yeah. Um, I know it's not an open world game, but like Final Fantasy twelve, there was a part where in the distance a T Rex ate another animal, and it said "cannibal" over over the uh, the T Rex when it did so. It was it was completely unexpected, and I think that would add an even better sort of sense mm. of scale and realism to the to the world I, that you're I know in. Watch Dogs 2 has kind of started doing that where if you're just kind of standing there for a minute NPCs will start to kind of interact in ways where like they might start like a fight with each other or it might start different scenarios and different situations they're not canned animations they're not you know the same situation every time like it can be different it can be you know something that just kind of will happen as you're kind of just you know minding your own business um, but I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I think that you need to have that, you know, that spontaneity, you know, things that really kind of create a sense of this is happening now. It's not something that was really programmed to happen for everyone. Like your situation with Zelda, you know, with the shooting star, like that's a random thing happening, you know, and, and you couldn't, you couldn't recreate it. it just, it happened on its own. Um, I, I, I definitely exactly, like that yeah. kind of, uh, that kind of concept for sure. I, I don't know, man. I think if anything, like, I I would like a world that um, more organically can't be dissected or uh, like disseminated in a in a way where like open world games have this challenge of not of trying not to break immersion, trying not to being like in a sense being gamed. Funny enough, to where like like I don't know. I come into things just from like my mentality mentality of metroidvania and and what that that like if i can and have the opportunity to and i have had very little opportunity to do that in fact the very first game i've been able to see like a success in that is breath of the wild is i love the aspect of sequence breaking something of essentially really charting like uh, a path that some would find foolish or just some would like not even really think of right away and having the freedom to do that and i feel like there are a lot of games right now that are of this design that you can't do that. Like, again, not to knock, because let me know. I love Horizon. I, I, I wish I echoed that more, but I'm I'm trying to think. There's, it's so weird where I'm finding a lot of similarities and a lot of differences that kind of really make the difference. I don't think there is a moment that I can sequence break uh, Horizon or otherwise get things. I mean, I can grind, but I mean, the game already kind of knows that. I I mean, I could fucking 
I, I'd be able to gather uh, weapons or items uh, in a like an additional arsenal, or maybe like buff myself up. But I mean, the game gives you full region to do that. I don't count that as sequence breaking. What I count as sequence breaking is the fact that if I so choose, like if I so chose right now, I know where the end of the game is in Breath of the Wild, and I know that if I fucking dared to do that. I could go there right now, and I can do it, and I could wish myself luck, and it, it's a challenge, and, like, that's something, like, speedrunners are, like, fucking frothing at the mouths to accomplish, to the point where, like, Breath of the Wild completions have taken as little as three hours. Dude, I spent three hours easy in the first part that uh, we can all agree is essentially the tutorial area, and just that that sense of liberty alone, it's in, that's mind-boggling, and if anything, I think... I really wanted to bring this topic to light because, like, I I really think that like Nintendo is set weirdly enough in in, in a genre that they kind of didn't and like everybody always wanted them to really fuck around with and, and they got and here's the the end result. Uh, really set a precedent for other games to follow. Like, I don't I don't know about Watch Dogs, but like. I can already have... I have expectations coming out of Watch Dogs. I sure as fuck have expectations coming out of Assassin's Creed, and I'm glad that that front has been quiet. And going forward, I mean, Rise of the Tomb Raider, I, you know, we've essentially got that with some Uncharted thrown in. It, I mean, we have... We already have, like, these certain conventions or, or otherwise, like, these uh, qualities that we look for and use not only for definition, but something that we can use to kind of break apart the game and play it in our own fashion, but do so within certain constructs like breath of the wilds completely just shut that down. I don't, I don't really know how to proceed. I I know for a fact that I grabbed two towers that I was not supposed to grab. And in a sense, like that was my form of sequence breaking, but I did not possess the fucking skill to kind of carry on. Like I, like and in a sense, could you could you argue that maybe that's like how the game limits you is the fact that like it makes it nigh impossible to kind of stray off path, and so like like you know like what what do we you really do to really combat that? Because like I mean at this point, there's as we mentioned earlier, there's balance. There's got to be a carrot at the end of the stick. I guess that's my like ultimate question, you guys. And like, can, can like what's the answer to open world games really? Carrot at the end of the stick, or make it bigger. Mm. A, can we all agree that I think size is Absolutely. no longer the issue? Yeah, I think it has, it has yeah, to be quality over quantity. Is, uh, is going to be an issue going forward. It's just a matter of, like I said, just what goes goes on around you now, as opposed to. Yeah. Like well, because we've seen with yeah. Minecraft games like that, you you can make yeah, it as man, big like, as you, you ever have want. A big ass sandwich, but like if it doesn't have the right stuff in it, then like you're just eating like it's it it'll fill you. But was it good? Who knows? I I think I think with. So. Well, if, it, if it's like the uh, pretzel croissants I've been eating, <laughs> yes. That's what open world games need. Ooh. Pretzel yes. croissants. Put that yeah. in the game. Pooping. Uh, I mean, let, let, let's go there for a minute. Let, how deep can we really go down this rabbit hole when it comes to open world games? How much like life can we make it become? Pay bills online and the website's down, so you have to <laughs> mail it in, but it's going to be late. That's what open world games need. Budgeting. Visit fake ARG websites, and then, like, you know, they're not up anymore, so there's not much you can do mm-hmm. thereafter. I um, Fuck, man. What game made me do that? Oh, Infamous. I really liked um, stuff. Like, when I when I think about open world games, and I think about 
the things that really kind of stand out because I feel like open world games, you really need something to make it stand out or, or you have to kind of recreate or redo something. You know, I don't think they're ever going to come up with a new mechanic in an open world game. I think everything's been kind of done. Now they just need to repurpose it or restructure it to where it kind of is something different, something fresh. Um, I, I know, not sure if you brought it up at all, but I know with Zelda, the fact that you kind of make your own map and you kind of highlight places of interest that you want to go. And it's not the game telling you you should go here that you're making your own kind of path and you're kind of, you, you kind of said it's briefly like you'll, you'll go your own path. You'll kind of go your own way in doing things. And it's not the game giving you like a waypoint and then giving you a little like dotted line to get to that point. You know, the game is basically saying if you find something interesting, mark it and then go back and check it out or make that your priority. I like that they do that. It's not changing the wheel. It's not creating a new wheel. It's just repurposing the one you have already. Um, but I've always liked in open world games when that sense of discovery happens. Like I know in Grand Theft Auto, there's always been these like urban legends about is there Sasquatch or there's a UFO down under the water, you know, buried deep below. And and when you find those things or when you find those those urban legends are actually true or the things they've talked about in the game are actually true, those are the most interesting things for me to hear about. Um, I think we need more of that in games. You need more things to discover. Um, unfortunately, I think to do so, the game has to be fully accessible. You know, you should be able to take a shovel and just dig in the ground and start finding stuff, kind of like how Minecraft is, but not that simplified. You know what I mean? Like, it has to be a little bit more lived in, I guess. Um, just something like that where there's more discovery or more options uh, of things to discover in the world. And then that way you can kind of tailor fit to your own experience and it's your own thing, as opposed to everyone else doing the same thing. If that makes mm. sense at all. <laughs> Yeah. I does and like if anything the one thing that kind of like I going back to balance like how how exactly like how deep do you immerse somebody so because here's the thing like I did not think it was possible but like uh Breath of the Wild's great on the go it <laughs> really is and yet it's insane and crazily intimidating but you know what's not great on the go Grand Theft Auto Liberty City Stories yeah like, that sucked. Or the um, PSP entries, even like. Oh, those yeah, were. Well, those, those I'm, were I'm thinking. I'm thinking of the is, DS yeah. one, whatever the hell that one was called. Chinatown. Oh, yeah. Chinatown. Oh, that wasn't even open world, anyways. But still. Yeah, but you know, and and like, let's go a step further. What was one of the big deals? That everybody was just like, "Holy shit!" It was Skyrim, yeah. on the Switch. Um, I think Skyrim would make. For the for for like what is essentially like the, the the biggest appeal of the Switch and whatnot. I mean, sure. I think personally, it's a shit game for like the concept or the the conceit of the Switch and the fact that that game, like that, already requires a a level of commitment that like some might find challenging in the comfort of their home planted in a stationary. Like I am investing and dedicating a a committed slot of time in my fucking life to this game. And, like, it prides itself on that. There's no way where I can see that being accessible or otherwise, like, a, a pace that's just appealing or, or attractive to somebody who would like to jump in and out. That is, I don't know, maybe, fuck, fuck me, right? But I don't know if Skyrim is exactly the game that you can jump in and out of. No, it's a game you're supposed to get lost in and see, I think... Breath of the Wild found that that right cadence to where you can get lost in it and yet pick up right where you left off. 
in the same breath. Like, it, it's weird. But, like, I think if, if Skyrim and, like, what they're, like, indicating with Elder Scrolls is any indication of, like, how they want to go into it, or whatever the new when the new Elder Scrolls game was, which again I'm pretty sure they're deep down based on what I've seen out of Todd Howard, like they they do not know where to fucking go, and Skyrim is the they, they I'm really telling don't. you, like I'm yeah. pretty sure that was the. Everybody's waiting for people to tell um, them like what should we do now because Skyrim six is going to be a way or Elder Scrolls six is going to be a way off, so just tell us what to do because we don't know. Valenwood. Yeah, we're just going to re-release Skyrim to you over and over. Yeah, again. So far, it's worked out though. Um, yeah, I, I can't. I don't fucking know why. Um, so let's um, maybe look at what's on the horizon for open world games. Like, what's next for open world games? Not not in terms of what they do, but what like what games are coming out that are going to be defined as open world games. You have stuff like Red Dead Redemption Two. Uh, you know, you assume that they'll probably have something for um, maybe Far Cry eventually. Uh, Primal didn't really necessarily set the world on fire, but that series has always been kind of well received. So I would I would assume Ubisoft would do another Far Cry at some point in time, um, you know. And then I'm sure there's other games that you know may maybe even got Odyssey, Odyssey. Uh, maybe God of War goes more open world, uh, possibly. I'm pretty uh, sure it is going. So I mean, I mean, like, world. what what do you hope for those games coming? Are are they going to be changes to the genre that are going to be well received? Are they going to just reiterate on stuff that's already been done? I mean, like, what what do you see with those games coming out? I think at this point, because again, like everything that we've talked about and presented are the challenges of keeping this fresh, because especially now, like there's money to be seen in doing this, but like there's also a big level of fatigue and almost the fact that like the irony of like this such a great and ambitious game is that like these like the designs and conventions involved with these games are, are very discernible and can be honestly broken down into almost a like very simple formula an algorithm of like do's and don'ts like and that i find that just really i find that ironic for like the type of game supposed to be something that's supposed to be larger than life so i think the best way to go about it is to gradually but subtly really give somebody something that emphasizes the level of freedom in a way that does still like engage them but engage them in a way that like like i said i'm engaged in horizon but i i don't have a sense of awe yet if anything i have a like i have this itch to keep going but like you know i don't think i'm enraptured by it like i am with breath of the wild uh if i were to see something like that in god of war like i think the only thing that they can really do to really get that going aside is maybe like really give me something narratively to like Mm -hmm. chew on i mean narrative like presentation and and how well like stage design resonates with like the setting and and the story that like surrounding it is going to play the biggest factor like you know a lot of people like might disagree with me like one of my favorite open world games recently and like me and andrew have talked about it dozens of times like in weird uh spots but it's like it's infamous second son and like I think the big thing that really like hit me is that fact that we've been we've been to Seattle before uh we've like and we've done so primarily for uh Pax Prime and the 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 various districts are not necessarily identical but they're very very almost to the point like where I there's a supermarket 
in that game, there's a fucking CVS in real life Seattle. And like that, like going for that kind of accuracy really, really lent to a lot of the appeal and and just the the grip factor for playing that game to completion. Like I'm pretty sure I don't remember. Oh no, I like I completed everything I could like with the good spectrum, but as far as the infamous spectrum, um I I haven't like replayed that. And and again, like that's probably where the game is a little faulty is the fact that like the the story being told there is honestly m- it's much more interesting and, and much more entertaining in one a moral spectrum than the others. And and we've talked about that in our, in our morality uh, driven games po- uh, topic uh, in, in previous podcasts. But I, I think there's, there's a gimmick or there's a hook that you got to give to players to really make them like chew onto your, the, the world that you're trying to sell them, whether it be like fundamentally through play or, or narratively, which I think at this point, that's what I'm worried about. I think we've already kind of hit that via gameplay. Like, like there, there's only so much gameplay dynamics go to where we can comprehend, like, various means. Like, I, I can't, like, at this point, like, comprehending more than that, or, I'm sorry, uh, imagining more than that is mm. daunting. So why not use what we have that's not necessarily flawless, but, like, fucking great, and use that to try to tell better stories that make us appreciate that. So, kind of circling back to what you said, Andrew, like, let, let's just let's fluff sure, out this wheel sure. more. Can't really reinvent it And yet. I like how you brought up Infamous, uh, especially Second Son. I mean, obviously, that being the more open... I mean, like, the most open world experience of any of the Infamous games, but I like that what you did in that game had real impact. Like, you could feel the changes happening as you progress through the game, and I think that's something that a lot of open world games don't do. Things that you do affecting the world and you actually see the results of it. Whether it's the, uh, you know, people in the world commenting on, oh, you know, things are much better now. Or they're like, you know, greeting you in, in the streets or whatever it is. Or you see things happening, you know, in the environment. You know, things that you're changing. I think that some games when they do that, it's pretty effective. But not all open world games do that. Something like Grand Theft Auto is not going to... Remember that you took a tank through the streets and blew up, you know, 14 cop cars and a helicopter. You know, you'll die, come back from the hospital, and it's like nothing happened. You know, I, I think that, that that kind of stuff needs to happen. You need to feel like you're making a real impact on that world that you're populating. Um, and when games do that, it's usually pretty well done. Well, any any last thoughts from you, Sarah? Hmm... What, 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 yeah, I'll say, what, really. what would be the open world game for Sayer much... if you had your choice? What would be the best open world game yeah. for you? I don't know. I haven't really, I don't have a lot of experience in mm-hmm. open world games, if I'm 100% honest. Like, I played, you know, Grand Theft Auto Vice City on the PlayStation 2. Yeah, yeah. Right? But uh, I, I'd say, like, Breath of the Wild is doing a really mm-hmm. good job uh, at sort of presenting itself as an open world concept. And if more games did what it's doing on the level that it does it, uh, then I think uh, I think the world would be better for the gaming world would be there you better go. for so, it. Step in the right direction, at least that's good. Yeah, good. Definitely. Essentially, if you can take one thing away from the podcast, play, <laughs> play play Breath of the Wild. <laughs> um, but but before you do that, also make some time for Horizons because it's so good. Anyway, and I think that's it. And I don't know. I kind of hope that like there. At some point, if this keeps going, if like if this becomes the new first-person shooter, 
for video games, oh, dude, I think it'll it will not it'll mm-hmm. burn out quicker because if you notice, we're not really talking about first person action games like of, of the shooting variety. If we are talking about um, if we are talking about first person action games, though, they're also open world, and that I think could use a lot of work, like Mirror's Edge Catalyst, for example. Really ambitious, some really cool stuff, but also you can definitely tell that that was uh, Dice's very first foray in, into something like that. It It's like almost at times painfully obvious and it kind of mm-hmm. bums me out. Um, but anyway, um, I think, I think that's a nice healthy sure, episode. Sure. End. So. I'll take it. <laughs> You've just finished listening to press pause radio episode 102 if you liked what you listened to and you want to get more of it, you can definitely, first thing we want you to do is come to our website at PressPodRadio.com if you're not already listening to it. Or you can check us out on Stitcher or SoundCloud, as well as we're definitely on iTunes. And we're among other various podcast directories. We've also got editorial that you can check out. Uh, most recently, uh, I reviewed uh, The Walking Dead season three uh, a new frontier as well as i've also reviewed final fantasy 15 there are other reviews along the docket and not only that we have a lot of cool video content especially stuff from sarah that he's introduced and i'll leave that to sarah sarah what's cool video content that you've got in line for press pause radio well ever since uh the eighth series of video content and really at the end of se- series seven as well uh we've really been branching out into different forays so You'll notice all kinds of episodes of Deiruna's series Crate Day, where she opens up subscription boxes, blind boxes, and uh, random blind bags as well to see what's inside. Bullet Heaven HD is, well, it's not Bullet Heaven HD anymore, actually. It's just simply Bullet Heaven, uh, is still very much a thing on, on the site as well. We just finished up with episode 167, featuring Zengeki Warp on the play, uh, on PC from new media uh import heaven is still a thing i just have to find some more time to do the next episode because it's an rpg uh game quest continues to get all of the playstation physically physically released playstation portable shmups uh and uh you can find us on youtube.com slash user slash you can also go to vid.me slash we're doing uh live streams every friday on youtube uh, so if you subscribe, you'll never miss a stream. Uh, on Twitch, we're also available, twitch.tv slash Every Saturday we do a Mud Prince Mega Stream. We're truly trying to make a push to get some more viewers over there so that it doesn't feel like such an empty stream. But uh, definitely on the YouTube side of, side of things, it's been popping lately. Uh, the, the comment stream never stops, so... Uh, if you want to check out our stuff, feel free to do so there. You can also check out my music at smpmusicproductions.bandcamp.com uh, to download cool tunes and support our work. Also, we have a YouTube for Press Pause Radio. We're going to also check out stuff from me, Sarah, Andrew, and the rest of the gang uh, at youtube.com slash pprbroadcast. We're also on Twitch at twitch.com slash radio, where we uh, essentially do limelights, uh, which is uh, some cool branded streams that we've got. Uh, we've also uh, do have some game clubs uh, down the way that I really want to talk about. We've been consistently talking about planning a Life is Strange games club. I, I really want to get that underway, but now I'm 
definitely interested in doing a Breath of the Wild uh, Games Club, and then maybe before the end of the year, a Phantom Pain one, just so maybe I can be asked to fucking play that one. <laughs> um, then, as well, I mean, we've got a lot of reviews down the line. Uh, Gunvolt 2, Owlboy, uh, Horizon, Breath of the Wild, uh, the rest of the Telltale Batman series. Uh, I want to go ahead and also make sure that uh, I make it known that I reviewed that. Uh, we've also got some coverage for The Last Guardian that uh, I'm believe i don't know if i want to turn into a review but i'm pretty sure i'm also gonna have a review on that on that that's also again i don't know it's really weird the way the scripts have flipped on that one uh but we've also got some pokemon coverage that we definitely want to address in terms of sun and moon uh, as well as go and duel and everything else in the pokemon space especially for its 21st uh anniversary and we've, we've definitely got some stuff planned along the way but uh keep an eye on the site and uh we'll definitely have that out and again uh if you want to follow us for updates you can do so at twitter.com slash press radio uh you can also like us on facebook and uh aside from that you can mail us again at our email address at uh mailbag at press uh also we do have a steam group uh i'm trying to make it a point to be more uh active on steam and i don't know maybe at some point me and andrew can probably curate some more games but we would like to uh we keep talking about it i would like to definitely get something going i would love to do a game fest and uh probably do something fun especially again something with blacklight or fuck <laughs> at this like, point i don't know who else I think like I'd, what else has come out on steam i mean i, I still play payday from time to time not very often but from time to time still play payday so that's always the one we can throw in there too possibly yeah, fuck it. Maybe, maybe one day we like really get ballsy and go into uh, God knows? no, probably not. Uh, unless we have a Beverly yeah. Hills Cop soundtrack. We have that, then maybe, <laughs> just maybe. Yeah, <laughs> then that, then maybe. Well, fuck, dude. Like maybe, like I've been kind of looking at the uh, multiplayer options for Super Bomberman R on the Switch. Yeah. Why not? Why not really get go crazy with it? But uh, until then, fuck, man. Episode one hundred and two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All games. the games old. Old as fuck. Oh, I'll probably have an update for Lego Dimensions too. Fucking, if I could like be be bothered to fucking build like eight hundred seven more packs that I bought. God damn it. Uh, maybe definitely gonna next one I'm gonna head to is the Back to the Future one. Until then, yeah. All right, everybody. This is Georgie Boy Zach and Toast, and I like John Wick too. And the original oh, Sarah, please buy my stuff. Would you would you guys be mad at me if I told you I never I, I don't remember John Wick? We gonna we gonna have that fight after this show. Oh man! All right. Till then. Okay. Look mm-hmm. what you've gone and done. No, for real though, John John Wick's really good though, for real. Yeah. Good man. All right. <laughs> <laughs>